0: Before we start this episode, I'd like to make a correction and give an apology for our last episode. In our House of the Dragon episode, we misgendered Emma Darcy, who is a non binary actor that uses the pronouns they, them. While this was not intentional, we apologized to Emma Darcy, as well as the trans and queer communities, for this mistake. Pop Break will be donating to the Trans Education Network of Texas a charity dedicated to furthering gender-diverse equality in Texas through education and networking in both public and private forums. I will be personally matching this donation, and from the bottom of my heart, I truly apologize for this mistake. And Going forward, we will make sure mistakes like this do not happen. Thank you. everyone welcome to the 132nd episode of the socially distanced podcast the flagship podcast of the my name is bill bodkin i am the editor-in-chief of the site and we have reconvened the nfc east or should i say nfc beast group therapy session before we get into that We've got a, all sorts of introductions and house cleaning to do. First, we have to start with the absolute 100% best news ever. Of course, uh, you know Al Manorino, who co founded the, uh, the podcast with me, managing editor of popbreak.com, co host of this podcast, uh, has been on paternity leave and for good reason. On Tuesday, uh, his uh, brand new baby girl, was uh, delivered into this world. I've heard she has so many opinions about football. She is not a fan of Tampa too, all about the West coast offense though. So congratulations to Al, both mom and baby are happy, healthy, and are at home. We cannot wait to have Al back on, Uh, but it's, we're so excited that he is now a double dad. And as a girl, dad, I can tell you, It is one of the greatest joys in life. So, Al, congratulations. That's the last time I'm going to say something nice about you. You dick. Um, Upcoming episode announcements because we just uh, finalized a whole bunch of stuff. So, next week. We are going to be throwing it back to our old uh, format. We're going to be talking about some news, lots of stuff to talk about, including James Gunn's ascension to the head of DC films. Following that, it's going to be Wakanda forever. Then the Andor season finale right before Thanksgiving. We'll be then doing the guardians of the galaxy holiday special, the willow premiere. And we are ending our, our, season, our third season with our first ever trifecta of pop break Christmas spectaculars. What are going to be on that, you might ask? I actually have a plan. On the first episode, we will be reviewing in full the classic 1970s Star Wars Christmas special it's on youtube apparently it's the worst thing ever made and i manda already knows this we are going to be talking about it the following week our podcast editor and executive producer alex marcus has never seen die hard we are changing that he made me watch 14 years worth of marvel in 10 months He's watching Die Hard before Christmas, and we're going to have a whole panel about that. And then finally, we are going to end the year off with our first ever Best of 2022 episode. Also on those shows, we will be having cameos from some of our favorite people who have guested on the podcast this year, some of whom you will be hearing on this episode, talking about their favorite holiday traditions and favorite holiday hot takes. We had one of those last year where we all were. All of us actually said a Christmas story kind of mid don't get it. Uh, And we, and we will also be having, as I'm working out some of the details on this, selections of original holiday music from some of our friends of the past who have played those pop break Christmas shows in front of the 20-foot store 20-foot story, Jesus, that's not even a thing, 20-foot high Christmas trees in Convention Hall of Asbury Park, which everyone is demanding I bring back, but I don't have that type of money. So we'll see, maybe this year, maybe next year. So that's it for the housekeeping and by the way i do have a lot of 2023 planned out it's going to be a large one people so pack your party bags now let's get into this episode and my illustrious panel of football aficionados all representing the nfc east of course you know me bill bodkin editor in chief of the poprate.com a from birth new york football by god giants fan joining me as she has so admirably and so wonderfully and spoiler alert way better than me uh as my co-host the only Dallas Cowboys fan I will tolerate in my life the living Star Wars encyclopedia Amanda Rivas we got a lot to talk about with them Dallas Cowboys.
1: We do. We do. Thank you again for having me. And I am honored as the only Dallas Cowboys fan to be on this panel. <laughs> we am going
0: to I will I'm gonna tolerate. Annoy,
1: I'm going to annoy everybody right now and just do that. We them boys. Yeah, I got it. Again, I had to do it once. We,
0: so we like you once. a lot.
1: <laughs>
0: Don't push it. Um, now, then representing. The undefeated Philadelphia Eagles, representing those unimaginably good Philadelphia Phillies, who everyone proclaimed dead after Joe Girardi was fired. You know him affectionately as the co-host of the Blurred Life with My Wife podcast and of PopRake's Blurred Watchers podcast. He is. The voice of God, Marshall Stevenson, sir. Welcome.
2: Hi. Hey, what's going on? How's everybody doing?
0: Oh, we're doing great. Don't worry. Those 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 luscious uh, vocal cords will be in full effect when he's talking about how good. Those Eagles are.
2: I'm excited to be here. I'm, I, I missed everybody. Amanda's back. We got Ben, Mr. Mr. Heineke, you know what I mean? Uh, uh,
0: speaking of yeah. the number one commander in our hearts, he is loving everything because he has thoughts of Taylor Heineke dancing through his head as I used him last week to help win my fantasy football week when Pat Mahomes was off. Uh, the Washington commanders might be selling and he might be buying. Ben Murkison, you were so happy to be here two weeks ago. You were just a sad, sad boy talking about Halloween ends. Now here you are all smiles. McGee.
3: You caught me at the absolute pinnacle of the uh, commander season and all things commanders. Uh, it could have gone very, very differently if you'd have talked to me, you know, just any other time this year.
0: And finally, making his return to the podcast after light years of being away. He is the editor of this podcast, the Chewbacca of this podcast, the Jesus Christ of junior hockey, and someone who is really should not never be eating cheese ever yet finds himself with his face in a bag full of cheese curds, Lucas P. Jones, and the P stands for Pretty good, Giants. Pretty good.
4: Listen, as a man who is lactose intolerant, if Brian Dayball told me that I needed to eat an entire block of the softest goat cheese imaginable, I would do it. Because that man is an inspiration, nay, a gift from the Lord
0: himself. Truer words, never spoken. <laughs> and I, 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 believe, I believe someone who is an Eagles fan told us, you guys are going to be good with Dayball. That man was Marshall. So, Marshall, thank you for uh, for warning us. And ye of little faith, me was like, hey, I don't know, pal. We've been pretty shitty the past ten years. Um, <laughs> but I also told you, James Bradbury would be an absolute delight for you. So, you're welcome. All's fair. All's fair. All's fair. Now, obviously, I'm always off the rails, but nothing was more off the rails this week than what the hell happened in football the last seven days. Literally, trades, teams are going to sell, cats and dogs. OBJ might go back to the Giants. It's not going to happen. But these are all wild things that happen, and we have to start with the number one story in Ben's heart that Dan Snyder, has been in talks with Bank of America and he wants to sell the Washington commanders names rumored as potential owners, a joint venture between Jeff Bezos and Jay-Z. I mean, either one of them could probably buy that on their own, but you know, they don't want to spend all their money. Um, Guys. I'm going to make this analogy. If you're a basketball fan to me, Dan Snyder is the James Dolan of, of football owners. Terrible decisions. No one wants to play for him. I don't know if Dolan, Del- I don't think, is as uh, allegedly wildly problematic as uh, Dan Snyder, though. Um, do we feel that Dan Snyder being uh, out as owner will be what's best for business for the Washington Commanders? Ben, I'm not even going to start with you because I want you to fully just end it for us. So, Marshall, Dan Snyder. Do you think this changes the the culture, the changes, the outlook, of the commanders, or is this like, hey, you guys actually going to win some football games and then we can start talking about people want your team's fortune for the better. That was a terrible line, but you know what I'm trying to say.
2: Yeah, I don't trust Snyder. Um, I don't think he's good for the league. I don't think that, I mean, really the, the league is is full of owners who are very, probably mm. got some skeletons going on and I'm just trying to figure out what he's trying to get out in front of also we need to figure out if he's selling the entirety the entire stake of the team or is it just um or is it just like a a minority stake and if that's the case then he's still you know majority owner and you know this this conversation is moot so there's a lot of stuff that needs to happen before i congratulate any of my any of my commanders homies uh but he's definitely been a stand on the league for a long time and i feel like there could be somewhat of a reckoning coming because there's a lot of old money involved in the NFL, and if these things start coming out, uh, who who knows? Who knows? So it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be interesting.
0: So you think Dan Snyder will try and uh, burn the world as he's on his way out, and will try and uh, or do you think that's just a bunch of uh, just a bunch of hot air?
2: It's, it's, it's not my franchise. So I want, I know one thing and it's going to be interesting either way. Uh, but I do feel like there is some things that, uh that are going to come out. It's getting harder and harder to hide things in today's day and age. Mm-hmm. Um, and these men have been very powerful for a very long time and they've been doing things and I'm sure it's not just him. Uh, we saw what happened last year, or the season before that with, um, with uh, Chucky. Um, I can't think of his full name right now. He used to be on Monday Night Football, but uh, uh, John, yeah. Gruden, John Gruden. John yeah. Gruden. Um, but yeah, so, you know, there's there's a lot going on in the NFL behind the scenes. So that's what I'm interested in. I do want to see him out, but I need to I need to hear him say that this will no longer be my team. And then we can start talking. And then we'll see how petty he feels like being, because I know he has stuff on other owners.
0: Amanda, what's your thoughts? And uh, Marshall, as uh, no surprise, brings up some amazing points there. Uh, what's your take on, um, you know, Snyder selling the commanders? You know,
1: Marshall brought up some excellent points because I wondered the same. I'm like, why now? <laughs> was my question. And I, 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 was thinking that a lot because, you know, we saw what happened on the wrestling side of things with Vince McMahon mm-hmm. and the WWE. And a lot of this was very similar in terms of, Hmm, usually when a big move like this happens, what are you, what are you trying to hide? What are you trying to what's what's coming out um so that's definitely something to keep an eye on and i'm really hoping i'm hoping snyder's out completely because i mean you have this 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 franchise with this very storied history i mean as a cowboys fan that was that was the one thing we grew up with with was you know at the time of course we know commanders were, were known as the redskins and it was always you know this is the big rivalry for us this is right. this is our moment and so to me, I really do hope that Snyder's out because I want the Commanders to have a chance. Because I miss those days. It's yes, I'm always going to love my boys, but at the same time, you you love you grow in a way to love the rivalry as well. And I mean, you have Heineke, who's blessing blessing McLaurin. Please, Ben, give tell tell him, please. I need a bill again. No hard feelings, but I need I need McLaurin too. <laughs> I mean, Heidi and McLaurin, too, 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 to be blessed here. Um, but you see the promise that's there and the potential. And to, to really see, again, a team that we've all grown up with make a comeback would be, would be great. I think just overall, I would love to see the commanders turn around, make a good comeback. And yes, I know that their record hasn't been great, but I feel like with their history, there, there could be some good potential buyers out there that that helps having that healthy, you know, long-term history.
0: Agree with what you say, Amanda, because uh, listen, giants are doing well. Jets are doing well, That all of a sudden, you know, these older franchises start doing well, then everyone starts thick. Everyone starts awakening. And then it's good for business for those uh, cornerstone franchises to really come back and really mean something. And you bring that fan base, bring that excitement back. And of course that all equals more money. LPJ. Your thoughts on all of this?
4: I mean, I think I think ultimately, if he's out, it's going to be good. Um, I think you you gave him at least the benefit of the doubt with your heavy air quotes, Bill, of allegedly problematic. Um, I think he's wildly problematic, and I think everyone like him is wildly problematic, and it is the it's the old guard. You see it you see it across not just professional sports, but all levels of sports the The old guard is just still wildly entrenched, and the sooner they're gone, the better for all of us um the players, the fans, the next generation. I will say this um as a man who watches the ticker uh very religiously, I saw something and then didn't hear about it after that, was that he said in a quote that he has dirt on the rest of the league. yeah, I said that, yes. And that if they try to block the sale or interfere in any way, he's going to turn over quote emails, phone calls, and text messages. Um, So I'm really hoping that that's true um, because I would just, I would love to see that. I feel like we got robbed with the John Gruden stuff. I've really seen some, some cool stuff come out. So I would, I would really like to see what, what he's got on everyone, but yeah, I, I, the happier or I'll be happiest when he's
0: gone. I have. Yep. Now, Ben, how yeah how happy are you right now at the potential of all this is this like christmas eve to you
3: oh happy day yes yeah, not the oh, only happy person day. oh happy day man i
0: i thought i thought i was the only one who would sing on this podcast i love it we got him yeah. do a yoda impersonation last week we're getting to sing this week we got to bring him on every week just to do some wild shit
3: Dan Snyder is everything that's wrong with humanity and certainly everything that's been wrong with our franchise. Uh, And as Amanda said, took a once proud franchise and put it in the sorry state that it's been in for the vast majority of my life. Um, But then as Marshall pointed to, it's one of those, I've heard this a million times and I'll believe it when it actually happens type situations. Although this is certainly the most energetic and excited I've ever been about it because it seems like a real possibility here, but um, there's still the possibility it could be a cash grab to try to get the stadium built and somebody might jump in and save his ass, but uh, I hope it's not just a minority stake. I hope it's the whole thing. Um, I'm going to believe that it's the whole thing. Uh, he's also got all this stuff coming out about him lying about ticket sales and kind of you know screwing over the other NFL owners and, and whatnot. So there's, there's a lot of things that seems like he's trying to get ahead of. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
3: And he's said in the past, you know, that he would never sell the team, but he also said he would never change the team name and he ended up doing that because of pressure. So I just hope, you know, he's out of scapegoats. You know, there's no Bruce Allen that you can pin everything on. Uh, you can't, you know, just keep firing coaches and, and whatnot. So this, this has gotta be the end. Uh, and then hopefully as a fan base, we can move on, you know, past this. Cause we've always said it doesn't matter what we do as long as he's in charge. Um, there's only so much of a ceiling that we can reach. So once he's gone, who knows?
0: Speaking of your Washington Commanders, we're going to talk about the other parts of the wild week that was trades. This trade deadline was the most trades for a trade deadline in NFL history, and we're seeing it more and more. We saw a ton in the offseason. We talked about it. We talked about Russell Wilson. We talked about uh, Hollywood Brown. We talked about A.J. Brown, who's you know doing a couple things for them Eagles. Uh, we talked about all these trades that happened. And this year was no different. Christian McCaffrey going to the 49ers and and yeah, running, receiving, like, and throwing a here. for a touchdown. We to saw the Miami Dolphins make a ton of moves, but what we're going to do right first, first is selfishly, we're um, going to talk about our team. to me, what it felt at the like trade, was trade was deadline, Lucas, he I'm going to start with you. The New York Giants. He felt like he should be traded right away? Darius Tony and he didn't. Uh, a first round pick a year ago to the Kansas City Chiefs for a small percentage of two conditional. Your thoughts. So I think
4: he got frustrated. If there was an injury. I'll throw some air quotes up. Um, and he just wanted to change a pace. Right. So like he wasn't playing. He thought he should play the giants weren't ready to play him. So he left. And I think that's fine. And especially if we're going to get some draft picks for it. Um, I mean, the chiefs draft picks are, you know, they where they are, what they are. But I think it was one of those things where, you know what, if you had left Tony in that situation, that's trauma, that's distractions. And like, Honestly, if that is the situation, even better for the giants, I think, cause I think the trade flat out is, is fine by me. Um, especially with Daniel Jones, a quarterback, I don't think you need a guy like, like Tony, I just don't think you do. So I'm fine getting the draft picks for him. Um, so it's all that other stuff ends up actually being true. I'm even happier with the move.
0: Uh, for me, uh, I look at it from a chief's perspective. You don't have that dynamic player that you had with Tyree kill. You can't deny that. Um, He's doing wonders when healthy with Miami. Tony gives you the potential for that. Uh, I never Mm -hmm. thought Tony was the, I tried convincing myself. He was a good pick for the giants, but you know, when you don't trade down and you skip Micah Parsons to take Kadarius, Tony, Ooh, you can't, you cannot, you can, nothing could sugarcoat that medicine that you have to swallow. You just can't. Unfortunately, Mary Poppins, you're full of shit. We can't do anything (laughs) about it. Uh, But it was, I think Tony, it was oft injured. His one good Mm -hmm. game, he got kicked out for punching a guy in the face. Listen, he was a cowboy. I get it. Uh, So, you know, I just don't think he was the right fit here. And, dude, I think he's going to do – I think he'll have a very – if healthy, will have a nice career in Kansas City. Marshall, I'd love to get your thoughts on this. Because you were very high on the Giants. You were more than me. Very high now. You were high on the Giants and everything that was coming into the season. So, I'd love to get your thoughts on this trade.
2: Yeah, this is this is one of those trades where <clears throat> on on the first look at it, you say it probably works out well for both sides. Right. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that honestly, New York was in a position to give up on young talent outside. Um, I understand that young players, he may have been having some, you know, some head bumping with the with the brass or Brian Dayball didn't want to play. I don't know what happened behind closed doors. but he was a first-round pick. And it and it and it goes back to that draft day trade between the Eagles, Howie Roseman called up Jerry Jones, jumped the Giants and got to number 10 to to select Devontae Smith, yep. which immediately caused Um, The Giants to, you know, trade down, get that extra first round pick. And so lo and behold, I mean, I think ultimately it's working out well, but I'm not a big fan of giving up on young talent. We we, it took us a long time to give up on Jalen Rager. But what I am noticing from this. This trade deadline is that teams are taking the Rams blueprint. like what are what are we doing with these picks? What are we holding on to them for? Let's get somebody proven. Let's get somebody in here that we know has NFL talent. Um I, we're gonna talk about another one, but I think I think one of these is kind of like the low key best trade of the deadline. But um, it's 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 really interesting. I would have kept Tony. I thought that he was very talented. And sometimes when young players come into the league, they do struggle with injuries because it is a more physical game. It is. It but, um, you know, it's it's just one of those things where I feel like maybe they gave up on him a little bit too fast. But he has the potential to be dynamic in Kansas City's offense.
3: Uh, Amanda, what about you? So
1: we're talking about this particular trade, right, in terms of – Okay, um – Let's see. I'm gonna be honest, I was really probably more upset that the cow was completely different, but I was focused just oh, yeah. a lot on the cowboys <laughs> because uh just trying to figure out if we were gonna do uh what we were gonna do in terms of I was hoping we pick up another wide receiver.
0: Brandon Cooks was of- a name.
1: Brandon he was, but they we didn't want to pay him money, which I'm like. Ugh really 18, we million, want to
0: pay. 18 million guaranteed next year. So that's, that's a big yeah. price tag. Plus that's a big price some, tag. Plus uh, some high draft picks. I found out.
1: Well, I was hoping that we'd probably get Elijah
0: Moore. He would not have cost that but much. He wouldn't
1: have, I know he would not have, but we, we need somebody. We need a Gallup is on his way back up. Um, you know, I mean, and, and CD Lamb's doing doing good things, but we still need, we still need more depth. Um, we need more. We need more offensive depth. Uh, offensive depths So, that's where my head was at with with a lot of the the trades. um yeah. And just, of course, we didn't really do anything. We're still talking about. Hey, we we we're 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 still thinking about it. We're still thinking about it. I'm like, yeah, we didn't do anything when it came down to it. Ultimately, so I'm hoping there is a plan. But this is. A, but I'm not surprised either.
0: Yeah. No. I get. I get. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not it. surprised yeah, I mean- either you guys have a lot of a lot of mouths to feed when it comes to contract time getting yeah. like cooks would have been kind of cost prohibitive for you guys. And I, I yeah. think it um, would have, it would have Then uh, I, before we get to your trade, uh, what, any thoughts on the Tony to the chiefs? Do you think he has the potential to be the next Tyreek
3: Hill? <laughs> Not Tyree kill, uh, but definitely potential. Um, I mean, I think it was a, like you guys have mentioned, it's a win-win for both sides. I mean you're getting like a third and a six for somebody that really hasn't made any impact on your team. And uh, then he gets the chance to go to the chiefs and a lot of players all of a sudden find themselves with you know, the ability to make plays when you got somebody like patch from Holmes getting into the ball and, and that offense on a winning team. So I'm sure both sides will probably come out in a, in a good way on that one.
0: Now let's I mean, talk you're, about
3: your, are winning in spite of him.
0: <laughs> so. well, yeah, we didn't really play this year at all. So. Your your Washington football team formerly, sorry, just force a habit, traded uh defense back William Jackson to Pittsburgh. Now I gotta be honest with you. I am not familiar with William Jackson. I know he got uh and I'm not being sarcastic. I just I know he there was some drama there, paying him a lot of money, move him to the Steelers. Uh, was this beneficial to your team?
3: We were gonna cut him if we didn't trade him. So getting anything back was good for us. Um Like you mentioned, we paid him uh, 40 plus million dollars and uh, he was benched like week five of this year. Um, We're playing like other draft picks and, and guys you never heard of, um, over him. Um, so it's just another one of those cases where you overpaid for a guy and we didn't even think, you know, whether or not he was going to fit in our system. Uh, they've kind of, after the fact now come out and said, yeah, he's more of like a man to man guy and he just doesn't fit within our scheme, which is something you may want to scout a little bit more ahead of time, uh, before you give guys 40 million, 26, I think of which was guaranteed money. So, uh, he's going to a better situation. And, um, I mean, we at least got a sixth form, I believe it is. So, you know, getting something other than just cutting him, you know, maybe we'll be able to draft another guy that can you know play within the defense.
0: Anyone else want to jump in on this one about uh, William Jackson to the Steelers? Does this benefit Pittsburgh or do you think it's an addition by subtraction for Washington? Anyone could jump in.
2: Yeah, I think, um, I think, I think Ben, I mean, he's, he's the Washington fan. So I, I would defer to his wisdom here. Uh, William Jackson was, I mean, he is talented. So it's unfortunate that it didn't work out for them uh, with that scheme, but that does come down to scouting and, you know, you gotta be more, gotta, I mean, it, it, it sounds to me like a, like a, like a, like a something that they just did because somebody else that they didn't want, they kind of panicked and then they brought in this guy and it just, it didn't work out. So I, I like what I'm seeing, this trend of like teams cutting, cutting, cutting that, that weight and just saying, Hey, you know, this isn't working out as to where, you know, growing up in the NFL teams were, you know, teams were stubborn. So I I, I like it. I think it's a good move for uh, the Washington commanders.
0: Well, Marshall, let's talk about what your Philadelphia Eagles just did. They picked up, I put in our notes, I put Robert Foster, who's actually on the Giants practice squad. Not the same guy, Robert Quinn, pass rusher from the bears. One of two major components from that Bears defense, uh, Roquan Smith being the other one traded to the Ravens, you guys got an elite pass rusher, I think. Um, how do you how do you I, I know you're very like being very cautious about how you feel about your team, especially being undefeated, and now going to the second half of your season. How do you I feel that this is a slam dunk killer move for you guys, got a great secondary um, thanks to the Giants not knowing how to, you know, do math. Uh, with Bradbury, but how do you feel this improves your chances of just dominating the NFC East?
2: Um, you know, I, I I don't know about dominating the NFC East. I think I think the NFC Beast is back, and I like it. I, I like that's how I grew up. You know, yeah, us being it's being like, the toughest division in football, and you know any any game could go any way. But um, what he can bring to us is is quality depth, and you know if he can get back to form like he was last season, which you know it's a different scheme. He's got to learn the plays. He's got to come in and learn people's names. I mean, he's a very humble guy, which I really liked from his um introductory press conference. Uh, you just come in and work. Um, you know, he's not guaranteed through next year, so maybe he can help help us push forward, but you know, you still gotta line up and play on Sunday. So um, you know, we'll see how it goes. Uh we needed the death with Derek Barnett going down to an ACL earlier in the season, so we like to rotate. And uh this is this is the blueprint. So hopefully it, uh, it pays off
0: Lucas P we've got to face the Eagles defense with our very injured offensive line. Uh, how do you feel about, how do you feel about this, uh, this trade for the Eagles?
4: I feel bad. Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't feel good. Um, <laughs> I mean, here's your issue, right? Your issue is exactly that. Your issue is that in the, in the last, in the last game, we, I mean, look, injuries happen, right? But they always seem to happen to us and they always seem to happen to our offensive line. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you saw the immediate impact of it last week, right? So what does that mean against a team that is already so good? That is already so consistent, already so deep. I wish we had played the Eagles twice in the first seven games and not in the last seven.
0: Mm, yeah, about that. Uh, you know, without that, <laughs> yeah well after the rest of the nfc's how do you feel about the eagles strengthening their defense or do you feel like your team has a good shot against the eagles this year I, no you know. <laughs> immediate knee <laughs> jerk from bed amanda how about you do you think them boys got get have the guns to go uh, against that vaunted uh eagles defense and i mean vaunted in not in a sarcastic way right? if i was saying uh, vaunted about the the commanders you know i was joking
1: I mean, well, no, I, I mean, our defense, our defense could give a run for the money, I think. I mean, there were moments watching watching our last our last game where we came back at the third quarter and it was it was like, all right, all right, let's go. let's go. Well, of course, we had Cooper rush, you know, but but
0: former giant Cooper Rush, let's of just course that.
1: just, yeah, just just uh <laughs> when we came back for a brief moment, I'm like, if we can play at this level, the whole way through, consistently, we are our own enemy and our own, you know,
0: hoisted upon we, your own petard. Exactly,
1: yeah, exactly. You, you, I knew you were going to go with that, and there, I, I left it wide open for you. Thank you. I, I, I think we could, but I mean, this was an outstanding. I, this was one of the most solid. I feel like moves in the draft, in the in the draft, in the trade. Um, As soon as this happened, I was like, Ooh, we, we, we can, we can give you a run, but I I still feel like the Eagles now will probably still pull ahead a little bit. We have more work to do.
0: (laughs) Speaking of trades and changing the perception of what, who can win a division. Uh, the Miami Dolphins made a number of moves, picking up Bradley Chubb from the um, from the Denver Broncos and then signing him to an extension. So this is not a rental. Uh, then trading for Jeff Wilson Jr., uh, of course, the, co- the head coach of the Miami Dolphins was the offensive coordinator, was Wilson very well. My big question is, we all say Buffalo Bills, Buffalo Bills, they're the team to beat. But adding those two guys, that's a big deal. Those are, those are some pretty big names you just brought in there, especially with Bradley Chubb on that defense. Are the Miami Dolphins legit, or are the Dolphins going to Dolphins? Because how many times have we seen the narrative with the Dolphins since I was born? It's just like, hey, the Dolphins are great, but they never get to the big game. Even when Dan Marino is there, even when they're running the Wildcat, they always found a way to get in their own way. Jason Taylor, look at all the great Dolphins. And they never got past that AFC championship game except for one time with Marino. So, guys, are they can they beat the Bills? And are they a legit Super Bowl team based on these trades? And of course, remember they traded for Tyreek Hill earlier this year. Uh, Ben, I want to start with you. I know I'm not sure how much you follow the Dolphins and stuff. But do you think this these trades changed the narrative on Miami?
3: Well, uh, I mean, I appreciate it time a team goes all in, which clearly the Dolphins are trying to go all in right now. Um, and I mean, they've already beaten the Bills the one time they played them. But then I don't know. Uh, I, I think, you know, what Tua. a two obviously sets the Dolphins apart. And I mean, I think that they can challenge the Buffalo Bills, but I still feel like the Bills are by far. There's still a gap there that they're not going to be able to fill in this year. Um, so they're, they're getting close and I think that they're going to be highly competitive and they're going to make the playoffs. So in that respect, the dolphins are going to succeed this season, but they might still be a year away from really being a legit threat.
0: Marshall, you brought up a a great comparison last year. Everyone's taking that Rams stance of win. Now, of course we see the Rams this year. Not so good. Uh, do you think this is the, the, the dolphins are the Rams of 2022?
2: No. Um the Rams, the Rams were doing like crazy stuff. I don't think they have a first round pick until I'm 45. So I mean I feel like that's tomorrow for me, but okay. <laughs> look, um you're gorgeous. Anyway. Thank you, uh, appreciate it. But no, no, they're, they're not they're not the Rams. Um, but they're they're ridiculously talented. They're very competitive. And it's really about health. It's really about health for Miami and it's really about health for the Bills because they're their amazing tandem of safeties um, is already down one, and and Jordan Poyer has been dealing with injuries and and his ribs. He had the he had to drive to the Kansas City game, um, you oh, know. Yes. So it's really going to be about that. They're getting Tradavius White back, which is going to, if he can play up to his standard. Uh, only make them stronger but i mean i feel like i feel like everybody in the nfl sucks this year so really it's as wide open as it probably could be um you know any any given sunday a team can beat you and like like ben said they've already lost once to miami in miami with injuries but at the end of the day you still gotta line up and play ball
3: of course it's the undefeated guys team that says everybody sucks
2: no, no. We're, 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 uh, well, we're tied with the one win Texans right now. And, so. and
1: your quarterback just got sacked. Oh
2: man. man Amanda yeah. just do right,
0: not right, t- 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 sacked. That's no why I, was like- I killed Ben's hopes and dreams a week or so ago. I'm like, hey, do you have Mark Andrews? Yeah, he's done. And you're just like, God damn
1: it. Yeah, I, I, I I'm sorry, Ben. I, I again I hope you do well this week, but I kind of I kinda, i I'm starting likely, so I, I I need Andrews to take a chill, take a take a back seat. At least um, this is for me.
0: Lucas P. <laughs> um dolphins for real or are they just still the dolphins guys
4: well i um as a chase edmonds owner and drafter (laughs)
0: high uh very
4: high this year um you did draft it pretty high yeah (laughs) in two leagues might i add um You know, I, I mean, I I like the moves, right? You've got Edmonds sitting there, is not doing anything. Might be worth worth the value to someone. And 49ers, I think bro. I like. Yeah, I mean, I think I like the. Well, Denver's a hot mess, but uh, yes, I, I like I like the organ and organization that does that, right? They recognize that they've got someone, they go out and they find the value, right? So like, that's like what uh, what's been said about you know, it, it's a good move, but they're not quite the Rams. I just like the way that they're kind of taking a chance on the next not this year but maybe the next two years maybe if they can make another move maybe a third year right mm-hmm. there's no such thing as a dynasty in sports anymore across no. the board right hockey is a fluke i we won't even get into that
0: now <laughs> but <laughs> no one cares about hockey because we know this
4: yeah no one uh no one at all uh but i i just think that because there's no such thing as a dynasty this is what you have to do you're either going to be good in the next two to three years or you're going to be tanking for somebody. That's unfortunate, but it's another, it's a good move by the dolphins organization. I think it'll be, I think it'll be healthy. I think, I think Chubb actually
0: said he was excited for like a bit of a fresh start. So um, that's always good news. Yeah. Amanda, you close this out. What do you think dolphins? Are they, are they for real this year or uh, is it uh wide left laces out and Dan Marino can diagonal arena in hell. <laughs>
1: I don't know if it's that it's that bad, but um, but well, listen, Miami.
0: <laughs> I, I have no, I have no middle ground, guys. Places no. so awesome.
1: um, out. You know, you know, I I really feel like it's you know, Marshall brought up a good point with health. Health is going to be the big the big thing. I mean, you you saw Tua at the beginning, you know, just just really just skyrocket, and then of course what happened with him was unfortunate. Cool. Yeah. You know, it was rough. Yes. We all were watching when that happened. Yes, and, we were all on
0: the podcast. When we I mean, just all the podcasts
1: there. when that happened. And it's just, it really is. It comes down to health. But I also feel like Miami is, is making moves right now that are, again, like Lucas brought up, very, or almost like laying a good, better foundation. And I think it, it is a smart strategy in the long run. To do that, because you know they're not the Rams. You don't see them. I mean, yes, they, they they are making moves where they're it is strengthening their current team. But I also do really appreciate that they are thinking ahead and planning ahead. And you have somebody in Tua that you can build. You're giving him the pieces that he needs to build. And that's what that's what Miami needs to do to be a good team and to 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 get out of the Miami curse, if you will, or the Miami you know mindset. Is. And and I, I like really Miami feel like,
0: mindset. That's a good one. Thank you. Yeah.
1: <laughs> awesome. Um, but yeah, Miami mindset, you know, where everyone thinks that, you know, knows that it's well, they, they get They're, they're good for a while, but they, they can't quite make it to the top. And me, I feel like we're finally seeing moves that are maybe going to get them there. Yeah. Again, it's not going to be this year. It'll be, I think, I think in the next two to three, we may see them. If they keep, I, if they make moves like this smart moves like this and really utilize and develop the talent properly.
0: I think the big thing, I, I, I have a few friends who are Dolphins fans. I said, I worry about two guys on your team. Worry about Tua's health. I worry about Mostert's health because when those guys are going, you can't stop them, but they're very injury prone. And I would rather, again, I've said this, this off air to a lot of people with Tua. If anything remotely close to an injury comes, happens to him, I would love for him to retire and live a very happy life. Uh, because that man deserves it after that injury, which was one of the sickest things I've ever seen in football Uh, or any sport to be um, outside of pro wrestling where people break their arms and weird and legs in weird ways, which we won't talk about because they're just gross. So that's the thing. So that's, I I think it's up to them. It's up to those two guys. If they stay healthy, they're going to be real good. Another team, we mentioned them already, the 49ers. Now, a lot of people were talking about the Eagles, and this is not a slight on the Eagles, but you're adding Christian McCaffrey that frees up so much of that offense. Now Brandon Ayu can be out there, can be out there with Debo Samuel. Both of those guys helps, I think helps George Kittle, helps Jimmy Garoppolo. I think the 49ers now move into the conversation that they could easily be the number one or number two team in the all of the NFC and potentially head to back to the Super Bowl. Um Lucas, I want to start with you. Do you think I'm overstating things, as I often do, uh, that the that this trade of Christian McCaffrey could is going to reinvigorate a which was already a pretty good offense?
4: Yeah, I mean, I. I was super happy with it. Um, like the other league I drafted oh, Christian McCaffrey. I was ridiculed <laughs> for it at the time because he's going to get hurt, bro. And then he threw like a passing touchdown a receiving touchdown. Um, I think he may in. have recorded an album in that game as well. Um, he, he did it really.
0: He did. He produced it himself too. It was
4: really yeah. Nice. He colonized Mars, um, which was surprising given the 60 second 60 minute time frame of the game. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just, I just think that he is, everyone on that team, including Jimmy GQ is just a little flat, like just a little flat, right? They're not, they're not superstars, but they're not bad. No one looked at the 49ers and was like, Oh, what a crap team they are. But a team that sort of sits in the middle when they get that superstar, it frees everybody else up. Like you said, right. The, the wide receiver number one used to be the number one target. Now he's the guy that frees up the rest of the the guys in the field. Right. So I think that's what he does, but, but he still scores. He still gets yards. He still is just out there inventing new ways to get himself across the line of scrimmage. Right. So I think they might be, this might be bold, but potentially one of two teams to beat heading into the final, uh, final weeks of the season. I won't say the team to beat cause that's a little too bold for me right now. It's getting late. I have to go to bed soon. I don't want to get jazzed up, but um,
0: I, I think, I think it's pretty reasonable to say. Marshall, I'd love to get
2: your thoughts on that. I think the 49ers are better than us right now. Um, I think that this trade, I mean, there's only one ball, right? So, honestly, that's the only thing that Kyle Shanahan has to worry about. Like, who gets the ball when? And sometimes when you have that many weapons, you kind of outthink yourself. But I don't think Shanahan... Is, has done that consistently enough for me to really be worried about it. You got that defense led by D'Amico Ryan's ex ex Eagle. Um, he's he should be a head coach very soon. Oh, I think um, he will
0: be. I think he will. Be. You
2: know, the injuries notwithstanding, uh, those is the great equalizer. But right now, on paper, you and then you look at what they're and how they're utilized. Christian McCaffrey learned three plays, and he scored on all three of them in the time since he was traded.
0: <laughs> yeah, and did. and
2: so it's 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 really damning to the rest of the, a weak NFC, whereas though it could, it could be, you know, if I'm, if I'm, if I want to be generous to us of 49ers Eagles NFC championship, I mean, that would, I am I would be happy with that, but also I don't think that we're, I don't think that we're close to them right now. I, I think that they are far superior from a team perspective and you got Kittle, you got Ayuk, you've got Debo, who's a beast and you can take it. You got Christian play action is going to be a layup for them. And yeah, I, I, I don't know how you defend it. I don't, I don't care about your personnel. I don't, I don't know what you do.
0: Amanda, let would get your thoughts. I mean, you know, You've got the Cowboys who are always, you know, everyone says they're going to win a Super Bowl, but you know, spoiler alert, they don't um, it kind of feels like the Yankees sometimes. Uh, <laughs> Lucas and I know that thing. Oh, so well, you don't want to see the private, the, the, the DMs he, eal Al and I have during the Astros series. That was a lot of swearing, but I hope my daughter never reads. Um, what are your thoughts about the 49ers? Have they just skyrocketed with the addition of McCaffrey? Oh, I think. And so. I also, by the way, they also have chase Edmonds too. Yes. No slouch, yes. as Lucas drafted him way too high in every fantasy.
4: Yeah, because why not, right? He's already behind Mostert, and I thought to myself, okay, well, he's a little injury-prone. And then all of a sudden, now he's behind the same guy but better. So oh, really a stellar week for LPJ.
0: <laughs> as always, <laughs> a punch right in the mouth. Right, Right in the mouth. I
1: mean, I mean... McCaffrey alone, he's just, he's a beast. And you put him in with these other beasts. And it's just, I mean, no time at all. It's always like, you took just like fish to water. And there's so many offensive, uh, so many offensive weapons here that is just, it's, I mean, they are, uh, they're going to be unstoppable now with McCaffrey. They were already, already there. I mean, just on paper and just, you know, again, you've got Debo, you've got Kittle. I mean, Jimmy G, he's, he's, he's finding his footing. He's getting there. Um, But I mean, 14
0: years into his career, he's, 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 you know, stepping, stepping, right.
1: right? (laughs) But I mean, you have all these other weapons that can, that are making up for that. And now that they, now that they're carrying him at this point. Um, I mean, I just, I really feel like they, we could see them at the Super Bowl.
0: Ben, you uh, you watch Kyle Shanahan be your O.C. for a number of years, um, and I'm, that's not a shot. I would just say because Marshall brought the point of just he doesn't, you know, Shanahan, he brought up Shanahan before. You've seen this guy's offense firsthand. How do you think this, How by the addition of McCaffrey and Edmonds, how do, do you think this makes them just unstoppable at this point as an offense?
3: Let's not go down that road of all the uh, great, terrific coaches that Washington's let walk out the door in okay. favor of.
0: I'll make you feel better. The New York Giants passed on Tom Landry and Vince Lombardi as their head coach. Yeah, but this will happen. No idea who those people are. <laughs> You're right, Lucas. There's no rest stops named after Vince Lombardi in New Jersey. No, I have no idea. You've driven by a hundred times, no.
3: Bad news for Lucas too is uh, Elijah Mitchell is coming back soon as well. So there's a
4: sure, Come there's a ahead. lot,
3: <laughs> there's a lot of really good weapons on that 49ers Lincoln's offense. Had and,
0: Nevada cheese yeah.
4: right now. Good to know. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go drink another large strawberry
3: milkshake. Well, <laughs> oh, God bless you. Uh, but so, but, but yeah, I mean we. Tons of weapons as everybody's talking about, uh, Jimmy G like they thought that they might be able to take an extra step with Trey Lance at the helm, just because of his athleticism coupled with the athleticism of all these other freak athletes they've got, they're going to have to wait at least one more year to see if that's the case. But Jimmy G is still Jimmy G and he's still the guy that got them almost there last year. Uh, he's throwing touchdowns, managing the game, getting the ball in the hands of people that can do a lot with it. So yeah, I mean, the 49ers, there's three teams in the NFC that I think, uh, you know, have a shot, and they're one of them.
0: Uh, we're going to end uh, the positive side of our just thoughts on the NFL right now by talking about goddamn Geno Smith, <laughs> you know, as the man who broke Eli Manning's consecutive record uh, for starts. That was a great move, but he has found... After just years of being in the NFL, starting for the Jets, playing for the Giants, playing with the Chargers, and been the perennial backup in Russell Wilson, who we'll get to, uh, for the Seahawks. And they traded for Drew Locke to be the starter. Yet here's Geno by God Smith, who's just killing it right now. So, guys, um, my thoughts, uh, your thoughts, are the Seahawks, as the they kicked the shit out of the Giants this week, um, are the Seahawks for real and what do you do? Is a two-part question. What do you do if you're the Seahawks next year? Do you extend Geno Smith if he's playing this year, or do you look to invest in a, in a rookie quarterback? Amanda, uh, I'm going to start with you. What the hell's up with Geno Smith?
1: <laughs> Whatever it is in the water, they just need to keep giving it to him. <laughs> I mean, I was just as surprised as ever, uh, you know. I'm, I'm same thing. I'm like, Geno. I think Ben. I want to say, I think he had, he had like a week, I think when you and I had our, our matchup, I was like, I'm just here going, what is happening here? Um, you know, this is one of the the questions I have to really, really think about because you want to ride the momentum for as long as possible. Oh man. I mean, I, I would just say, ride it out. Just, just go with it. As long as he's got the juice, you know, it, it, you just, it's just one of those things when somebody's like hot, you just go with it. Um, and I mean, I think it is smart to invest in a rookie quarterback, too. i mean, you you should, but this is just the moment. I think this just this is Gino's moment, and we just go with it. Why not? I mean, I, you know, I, Marshall uh, you know, Lucas have brought up very good points. I think about you know there, there's no dynasty, we have injuries. you know this uh, everything is so variable in the NFL right now. there's really no major there's no dynasties anywhere. there's no consistency every you know. It, it's just, yeah. sometimes it's just luck of the draw. And I, I feel like this is his moment. Let's just, just go with it.
0: <laughs> I agree. I think that if the Eagles, I'm sorry, if the Seahawks, I get my birds confused sometimes. Um, I think they have to go for it, which, you know, and I think what you do is you make them the bridge quarterback. I think maybe put them on a short-term deal draft. They're go- they, They're not going to have a high draft pick, but they have a lot of draft picks from the Denver Broncos. Why not trade up? Why not get some of these good quarterbacks that are in this draft and let him sit behind the Geno Smith learning tree? A phrase I never thought I would say in my life. Um, Marshall, Seahawks, are they for real? And what do you do? What do you do with uh, the curious case of Geno Smith? He's like, he's literally like Benjamin Button. the older he gets, the better he gets at this point,
2: yeah. I mean, it it really comes back to all of these stops that he's been on through injuries and and what a story. Um, from a lot of people who, you know, frankly just gave up on him, um which you know it's it's something to be said over the amount of patience that certain quarterbacks are provided compared to others, but a different conversation for a different day. I agree. um to answer the question, you ride with Gino. um, there's no pressure. I don't know what his contract is like, but there's no pressure to sign him to a long-term deal unless he's uh, able to walk away. um, and at that point in time, you, you know, the, the Seahawks are in a good position to just see how this season plays out. Um, they're they don't have a lot of expectations, there's not a lot of pressure, and then there is the the hesitancy of investing into a quarterback where there really isn't a lot of tape on them. So I mean, we we need to see how this matriculates throughout the season. It's not like it's Jalen Hurts where we got to see him all of last season, exactly. and now this season we're seeing, you know, the improvements and things like that. Um, but it also begs the question, and this may be, I don't know, uh, you know, I don't know where we're going after this, but Russell Wilson left some good receivers in Seattle.
0: Oh, no, Tyler that was
2: next. And DK, I mean, you put another quarterback with those same weapons, it's not that hard. They're good. Daniel. So
0: Daniel Dimes would be killing it right now with one of those guys. <laughs> I would be killing it with one of okay, let's not go that far. I got a good arm. I can't move for shit. Um, ben, is 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 Gino is are we seeing a little bit of Fitz Magic here? 2.0? Or do you think this is for real? Oh, by the way, the Eagles did something good and Marshall's like so reacting. I'm, I'm living through it right now. I'm hoping it's Miles Sanders just romping for another touchdown.
3: I mean, Gino's been a great story. Um, I've had the problem having him and Justin Herbert to where I'm starting Gino over Justin Herbert, a lot of weeks. And that was never part of my game plan.
0: Not against me, but that's great. Thank you.
3: Yes. Pretty much every time I make the choice, I make the wrong one. Uh, So it's a difficult problem for me to have right now. Um, I think obviously, I mean, you're going to ride the situation out with Gino this year and kind of see where things go. Um, He he can play himself into a nice contract, but unfortunately I think that, you know, with the 49ers on the way up, And I think the Cardinals and the Rams both have a chance to kind of write the ship on their end too. I could very easily see the Seahawks falling to the bottom of this division, you know, by the end of it, they've got a tough schedule ahead of them. Um, just kind of glance at it, they've got the chiefs on there and that's never a good thing for them. Um, so I I don't know. I think that they're going to be a little bit in trouble, but I think that Gino's played well enough this year where you would feel comfortable having him as the starter if you do find yourself in a position to draft somebody. Um, I don't think that you go out and spend big money hoping that somebody's going to do more with the weapons. And I don't know what kind of free agency situation there's going to be for the quarterbacks, but uh, you could definitely try to improve your long-term. I don't think Gino's going to be the guy two, three, four years from now.
0: LPJ, your thoughts wrap us up on this, and then we're going to get right into the Russell Wilson of it? Uh,
4: well, I guess in the Gino's feeling a little, a little spicy, a little dangerous right now. Um, statistically speaking. <laughs> Sorry.
0: <laughs> I just think of those, those bad speaking, subway commercials. He's just...
4: he four Danger Witches and a five Danger Witch scale. Um, the Seahawks have the second highest points for total in the entire league, only behind the Kansas City Chiefs. And truthfully, if their defense wasn't so mediocre at best, they'd be running away with it. And lest we not forget, they 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 beat the Giants twenty seven thirteen, but Tyler Lockett dropped a touchdown pass and fumbled the ball on the three yard line, resulting in a one yard punch in by Saquon. Yeah. So really that game should be about thirty four to it was math, math, six. Thirty four to six. So I mean it happened. Yeah. I mean, so Richie James he, 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 shouldn't
0: have fumbled two punts, but like, you know, shit happens. Brother. Yeah.
4: yeah. And if and if if I was just uh, seven inches taller, I could have played professional football. Um, but I mean, uh, you, yeah, you, no, I really think so. Seven inches. You add another 30 pounds of muscle and shave like two and a half seconds off my 40. I'd be I'd be in the show. Uh, (laughs) but I, I just think you ride him out for a year. You see what he wants next year in terms of the contract. He's on a one year, $3.5 million deal. Did not know that had to look it up. Um, thank you. That's why, that's
0: why you edit the show.
4: That's why I edit the show. I would have injected it anyway. Um, But yeah, no, I think you just ride it out. You see what he wants, right? You see how much guaranteed he wants. You see if he's willing to bet on himself. I think he hasn't done anything to disqualify him. I think that's the biggest biggest thing. thing. Everyone's looking for reasons to get rid of Geno Smith. Why? If he's working, let him work, right? Especially if you can get him for cheap next year. I mean, all these quarterbacks making way too much money. And you got a guy like Geno Smith, even if he asks for double, 7 million a year, that's pretty good if he continues to perform.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, Seahawks have a history of that. Remember when they signed Matt Flynn for like the, uh, you know, the gross domestic product of a small country and then um, (laughs) Russell Wilson, a fourth round draft pick and short slot for the Yankees ended up being their quarterback for a long time. Speaking of Russ, who said he could cook because he is just serving up the worst dishes. Those dangerous sandwiches and those shitty commercials are not something anyone wants to ride with. I made all of that up in just the, the last two seconds. So enjoy those dad jokes. Lucas, the fuck is going on with Russell Wilson? I thought he was a good quarterback. I've seen way too many Broncos games in prime time. It's like it's a different dude.
4: I think it comes down to we may we didn't overvalue Russell Wilson, but I think what it comes down to is a lot of quarterbacks are a lot more mid tier than we like to give them credit for. I mean, personally, I think Patrick Mahomes is one of those quarterbacks. I think he is not as good as I'm going to slap you. That's fine. You you and Al can smack me together because I think if you got rid of, if you got rid of, um, if you got rid of uh, Travis Kelsey, I don't think Patrick Mahomes is actually that good. He's been surrounded by good people, but I think that is whether or not you agree with that. I think that is the case for a lot of quarterbacks in the league, Russell Wilson being one of them. So when you leave the comfort of that stadium in which they artificially pump crowd noise in, when you leave a decent offensive system, when you leave those wide receivers, I just think he's being exposed for the quarterback that he is a short quarterback who can't run like he used to, and doesn't have the decision-making ability. Um, personally, I think part of that is a result of some of the head injuries and some of the the hard throws to the ground he's gotten because he's undersized. He gets tossed around a lot. I think those head injuries, we make fun of the, my name is Russell Wilson. I played for the Seattle Seahawks bit, but I think he may have gotten a little more hurt than maybe we think. Um, so I just think that's it. He's undersized and he's being exposed. I think it's as simple as that.
0: Um, Marshall, uh, you, you, because you brought up the weapons. Um, I want to get your thoughts on what Lucas just said and your thoughts about on Russell Wilson. Can he turn it around this year?
2: He can turn it around. I don't know about this year. <laughs> people um there's another there's another facet to this, and then you know, he goes to a new franchise. He's learning a new offense. He's got a new supporting cast. He's got a new defense. He's got a you know picked up and moved his family. Uh, and people you know in the nfl the 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 word is immediacy, and that's what everybody wants and and there's nothing wrong with that, but also you have to keep in mind that he was with the Seahawks for what twelve years, so yes. You know, when you immediately transplant, it's not going to be like a a Brady situation where, you know, I mean, Tom Brady does so much, uh, which is why he I mean, um, but this is the rare time where y'all will hear me give Tom Brady any type of credit. So relish this, but he does so much and he makes things so easy um, as far as the offense goes when he's provided with weapons. It's, It's it could just be a situation where Russell's human. Um, and you know, he's, he's learning a new offense. I think he could turn around. I don't know about this year. I think he needs some time.
0: Ben, I'm going to throw it to you because here's my question. Is it Russ or is it the coaching staff? Cause that coach doesn't seem like he knows what he's doing.
3: they could maybe have one or two more wins right now if he had made correct clock management decisions and whatnot. Uh, So, I mean, that maybe changes its perspective, but it doesn't change the fact that Russ has certainly not been what we expected him to be, which is why he's in all these primetime games. They thought that Denver was just a quarterback away from being something special and they clearly haven't been. But I mean, we know that as good as Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy are, they're not DK and Tyler Lockett. He is learning a new offense. Uh, He's not like we talked about. He's in your whatever, Um, He's been in the league for a long time. He's not as mobile as he used to be. So he's not making a lot of plays with his legs that he used to be able to make. Um, So he just has to be accurate with the ball and and know where his receivers are. And some of that stuff you're not going to be able to do in your first season. Um, On top of like all the pressure, I guess that kind of came with it. But we'll obviously see a lot fewer subway commercials and ads and whatnot going into next year. And it's not like Denver can just, you know, give up. They've got way too much money and and time, uh, you know, really the next three or four years invested in this guy. So... He has to turn her around, or they're going to have really tough choices to make next season if it kind of starts off the same as this one. But, um, yeah, it's been who, kn- who knew that Washington made a great choice not devoting all that money into bringing him over to us because we had have been much worse off. Uh, he can, yeah,
0: yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, Carson Wentz was a good pickup, he was oh. a little good. Uh, yeah, I still would have taken Russell Wilson. Uh, Amanda, about, about Russ. Do you have faith that Russell Wilson, given his history, could turn it around for Denver? And, you know, is this just a matter of like like Marshall said, he's human? Or is it like Lucas said, maybe it's just getting up there in years? I think it's just a lot of different elements that, that came into play that are
1: not in his favor. Um, first of all, the deal he came in under already put immense pressure. And so, I mean, obviously it's, it's normal. It's normal. If he were any other quarterback – that didn't come in with a crazy deal like this. I I really feel like, you know, he would have been given a little bit more slack because yes, you still have to learn the weapons that you have. You have to learn your defense. You have to learn the coaching, all of those things. You, you know, somebody who has less pressure on them and who's less famous would be given a little bit more grace for Mm -hmm. and not, not Russ, not Russell. They and and I think he is playing more injured. I mean, who's? him? Mean, he's the quarterback that you know we all watched that. I think we were podcasting when they were playing probably the worst game on Amazon Prime.
0: Oh, yeah, that was <laughs> that was date. awful.
1: That was so bad. But I really feel like he was injured. Like you, know, he he went off and they put him back out there, and I think he was injured far worse than expected. And so I think it is a combination of this intense pressure that they're putting him up on, you know, kind of this pedestal like, you know, Brady or Rogers. And you have these, you know, you there's a little less grace there because he's not at that level. He's not. This um, is not
0: like you're saying, this is not Sam Darnold going to the Panthers.
1: Exactly. And
0: it's just like, well, that guy's or or even um uh, oh crap until totally he forgot his name, who <laughs> was on the Browns. That guy.
3: The yeah. Baker Mayfield. Baker <laughs> Mayfield. Respect <laughs> the commercials, Bill. He's an <laughs> excellent actor.
0: That was the only <laughs> thing I can respect him for, uh, I guess. But, uh, yeah, like Baker yeah. Mayfield to the Panthers. Like, if he was in the Broncos, people wouldn't be giving him as much shit. You're right.
1: Exactly. So I feel like this there's that. I also feel like the injury aspect is part of it. His age. Is part of it as well. I mean, there's, there's all these different pieces that again are just are not in his favor. But I, I, I feel like if he can properly acclimate, and I think even get stronger coaching, because I think that that is a big part of the issue is the coach and the caliber of the coaching staff. I mean, just, you know, I'm, I'm, I think those changes need to be made. But, but I think Russell has the potential. He has the experience. He could. He there is hope in Denver. I feel like. Um, I just were, think there's. This, It's just not going to be this year, (laughs) maybe not this year or next year. I could see it being in the next two or three, probably. I would even see it probably before the end of his contract. (laughs) They have no choice. They have to do something, but it is going to take, there's some big things that need to be fixed. And some of them you can't fix. You can't fix the injuries. You can't fix the age. You have to improve everything else around Russell. And that's going to be what it is, is everybody else is going to have to step up.
3: Um, he can't be the um, only one doing high knees. in
1: exactly,
0: the aisles. Exactly. 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 He only goes to the bathroom once a week. Uh, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's wild. It's a thing. I don't want to talk about it, but part of me does, uh, Amanda, this is, uh, the next part I want to talk about quarterbacks who are struggling. You and I have talked a number of times offline about this, about Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> two of the all timers. I, mean, I have my thoughts about Tom Brady being an all timer, but you know, things and things, um, two guys who are struggling right now. I want you to talk about Tom Brady first, because you had a very unique perspective of just because you think the personal life is what's really, what is the root cause of all this, right?
1: I think it's a big part of it. Brady's head is just not, it's just not in it right now. And I mean, you know, when you go through a divorce you're, you, you go through the motions, your head is not in it because there's so many things to iron out. You're overwhelmed by a lot of details. And of course he's got the publicity aspect of it as well. So, I mean, you're, you're doing all this in the public eye. Um, but I do feel like too age is part as part of it, you know, he's not going to move around as much or he's going to, he's taking, he's being very cautious and it's understandable. Um, but I, I also feel like there's just, he, he lost Gronk. You know, and there's a lot, there's some weapons that you know he he's learning how to use. And again, it it's I'm not a Tom Brady fan. Put that out there. Yes, he's my my fantasy quarterback. I kind of had no choice because my other quarterbacks got snatched, but um, but I mean I it's
0: like when you draft Patrick Mahomes, an amazing quarterback (laughs) third round. He helps you win games, Lucas. Winning games. So, yeah. <laughs>
1: but you know, there's so many things working against Brady this year. But I feel like his situation though in comparison to Rogers is is better <laughs> in a way. Like now that his divorce is done, and maybe Giselle will stop doing the voodoo doll thing on him, or at least wait till after my fantasy season and then go back to it, you know, when the you know, do whatever okay. you need to do after. Um but I feel like now that at least that part of it is done, maybe we'll see. Brady turned it around a little bit. Um, and I think everybody else around him needs to step it up, too. I mean, I, again, I got lunk alarmed. Yeah, I talked about this last week. I got lunk alarmed because I, I I yelled at Mike Evans for blowing that touchdown that I needed. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you have you have stupid moves like that that are coming in miscommunication and things like that that are 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 all pieces, uh, you know, and all, you know, Brady's used to his people. And now that again, somebody like, Bron- like Gronk is gone, you have to rebuild in a way and you're doing it yeah. with, the, you're doing it at a point in your life where you're just, you just can't put your head in the game. So, but I, again, I feel like his situation is better than Rogers. I don't know what's going on with Rogers right now, to be honest. I, uh, he's, I, a, I
0: he's a douche bag is what it is. And he's, uh, he's, he's, he's always been. He's well, always been. I I I agree. You eloquently put into words what about Tom Brady. I think he's a cheating son of a bitch. Giants beat him twice. Fuck uh, it. Um God. Eli Manning. There you go, buddy. But with Aaron Rodgers. Another case of foisting yourself on your own petard. When you want $50 million a year, you can't afford to keep Devontae Adams. You can't afford to sign anybody. You get Sammy Watkins, who's been on 10 million teams outside of, the, uh, instead of any of our teams, uh, and he's hurt. You've got yeah. Romeo Dobbs on my bench, who can't catch a ball. Uh, you don't use Robert Tunyon, and you can't sign anybody. So, sucks to be you, pal, but this is your fault. Also, get um- it.
1: We are getting memes out of it though. I mean, Great facials, yeah. facials for memes. That's what that's what I'm getting from Aaron Rodgers right now. The yeah. confused, like, like that one meme that's everywhere. His one facial shot where he's on the ground, cross-eyed. Is a. Uh, is, uh, so we're getting those at least, I guess. <laughs>
0: uh, I guess, um, Marshall, about Rodgers and and Brady of the two, which one of these cats can turn it around? And is uh, Father Time? Who is Father Time coming for first? Remember, Rodgers is. Don't have a contract. I don't think after this year, and I don't think Brady does either. So,
2: oh, Rogers has a contract.
0: I thought it was he can
2: come. He could just leave whenever he wants. Oh, uh, I don't know, but I, the, the, I, you don't, you don't get rid of Devonte Adams and and take Rogers on a one year rental. Like that's just that's ridiculously bad management. Uh, but yeah, I don't really care for either one of those guys. They can both, you know. Kick rocks. Yeah, uh, the, do either one of them have a chance to turn around? I think Brady has a bigger chance because the NFC South is trash, um, and also he has actual weapons to throw to, which is some some you know sometimes important in football. Um, so yeah, uh, I, if I had to choose one asshole, then that one. Uh, but I mean, a also... bet that he made because he tried. He should have retired. His family was looking forward to having him around. Then he said, No know what? Common Core, I don't like this shit. I'm not doing it. Uh, I unretire, and now Giselle's just like, oh, you thought it was a game. Okay, wait till the middle of the season.
0: Bang. Yeah, yeah. The, the new math really sucks, uh, because I was bad at the old math. This is not better. Um, as Lucas is like, as someone who teaches uh, uh, As someone who teaches the Common Core math, it's not that hard, though. I can tutor you if you'd like. I took algebra one six times. Didn't do well any time I took it. Um, so anyway, this is I'm I, I'm a writer, not a mathematician. Um, ben, um, two guys who kind of suck as you know personalities. Rogers Brady. I know you take them on your teams in a heartbeat, but uh, you would stop it. You I, I didn't disagree. Yeah, you know, he gave me a look, and I'm like, yeah, what you want? Carson I would That's like to win. You would like to win a game. Um, Who's the most fixable out of these, out of these two guys? Cause I mean, I, I mean, I, I understand what Amanda and Marshall are saying, but like at the same time, I'm just wondering, is, is Brady just falling off a, is he going to fall off the cliff? Can he, can he mentally, re, I mean, he's a tough son of a bitch mentally, but you know, can he, can even he rebound from this, this year?
3: I think Rogers probably has more left in the tank, but he's in a worse situation. Um, Brady can turn it around in terms of, you know, that division is terrible. So the Bucs can turn it on any minute and, you know, take control of that one. Uh, they're not going to get a lot of competition down the line. I don't think from the saints, Falcons or Panthers.
0: Everyone's just really shitting on Taysom Hill right now. So,
3: I mean, you <laughs> should. but <laughs> what is, is he a tight end? <laughs> like, is he a know. You Another know, Another
0: Lucas B Jones draft pick, by the way. So, you know, <laughs> uh,
3: but, uh, but yeah, and I, th- I think Brady can pull through. I mean, his man has got him on his fantasy team. Brady statistically is throwing like 40 times a game. He's getting a lot of yards. They just can't find the end zone to save their lives. And the running game is completely non-existent, even though I would have thought Fournette would have a pretty good year. So that's their biggest issue. Um, it's not necessarily that Brady's not moving the football. Uh, they're just not getting six. Um, with with Rodgers, like he literally has nobody to throw to. He's relying on Dobbs to be his best receiver. And as you guys pointed out, he's dropping passes in big situations. And I think a lot of these young receivers are running incorrect routes or, you know, they don't know the ins and the outs of the game. Like Rodgers is used to having wide receivers, know, having veterans. And then you don't have a Devontae Adams out there that you can just, you know, say, screw and throw a 50-50 ball, and him make a play. So. Unless the Packers suddenly remember that they do have Aaron Jones, who is still one of the most athletic best players in the NFL and yeah. just rely on him to win games. Yeah. They're mean, continue
0: any to t- Most teams would love Aaron Jones on their team. Yeah. I mean, anytime Rogers has teams?
3: anything positive happen, it's because he got the ball in Aaron Jones's hands. He's the most trustworthy receiver on that team, running back on that team, player on that team.
0: I mean, you, don't forget you got rickety bones, Randall Cobb there still come up in, in, in his 47th year. Um, Lucas B. Jones, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, both dicks, but um, which guy is really going to like your thoughts on all this? like, I'll put it on the other end of the spectrum. Are we seeing the final days of Aaron Rodgers as an elite quarterback? Or is this just like, he ain't got nobody to throw to? I think Aaron Rodgers is in a better
4: situation because his team is worse and his division is harder. So I think as a as a quarterback, Aaron Rodgers has more left in the tank. And another contract lookup moment of the day, he will be making $59.5 million next season because they structured his contract to be light on year one and year three. Um,
0: so they could have got Geno Smith and saved themselves a <laughs> cool 57 mil. Um, or they drafted a kid I, from Notre Dame, they could have put in there and
4: tried. Yeah. I mean, I look I think Aaron Rodgers is in a better situation if they can surround him with some weapons. I don't know how they'll do that, but they could. I think Tom Brady is distracted too much by his personal life. I think he's over the hill. Um but also I think Tom Brady is a lesson in what's the point of doing anything if you can't do it with your boys. Gronk is gone. Right? So like it, it, that is that is someone who is obviously a good friend of his and obviously made things fun and you know I think he personally made a huge mistake and, you know, abandoning his family uh, to play a year of mediocre football. So personally not a huge fan of Tom Brady um, in the pop break fantasy league. If anybody would like Aaron Rodgers, who I sources say, is in a far better situation than Tom Brady. Um, <laughs> you drafted him too, really. He is available for trade.
0: <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I've had Aaron Rodgers in football a number of times. The, he was the reason I quit my uh, big money league I was in because I had him, he broke his arm. I traded Alvin Kamara who was doing nothing in his rookie year for a Carson Palmer, who in the first play of the game um, got so injured, he decided to retire from football. Alvin Kamara became Alvin Kamara. And I said, I am tired of wasting $300 a year. Good night, everybody. Here's the thing. I like Aaron Rodgers. as some, he's on the bench right now
4: for me. I have Lamar Jackson. Okay, Green you Bay's, didn't need to draft Aaron Rodgers then. Green Bay's going up against Detroit, though. But here's the thing. Aaron Rodgers' interceptions are the only thing keeping him from having a productive fantasy season. He's averaging about 1.5 touchdowns a game, just over 200 yards passing. He's not having a bad season, bad by his standards. Right. But I, I just think that's a structural failure. And partially, that's his fault for gobbling up nearly 100 $150 million over three years. Yeah. It's insane.
0: Absolutely. Now let's get into what we want to talk about now. Let's talk about our teams because the NFC East is back. Like Marshall said, we uh, winning records or close to winning records uh, surging for some people. Uh, And some of us are on the buy and some of us are currently beating the Houston Texans. Uh, So guys, let's talk about Ben's lovely Washington commanders. They start out the year. Carson Wentz hot mess. That's being nice. Um, But Taylor Heineke coming in and has changed things once again for the third straight season uh, to do this. Uh, Where do we see this? We've kind of touched upon this with the ownership changes and stuff like that, but where do we, where do we see the Washington football team going forward uh, in the second half of the season? For me, I see them probably at the bottom of the NFC East because the Giants and other teams have had a better start, but I think they will end like they always do. They will be a, they will come down to the wire to be eliminated from the playoffs. And I think they will, if things go well and they have new ownership and new structure, I think they will draft well. And I think they will return to future glory. They have great parts. I like, I like their, I like Robinson. I like McLaurin. I wish they throw the ball to goddamn Curtis Samuel. Uh, I like their i de- I've always liked their defense. So I think there's a huge upside for Washington in the, in the next five years. I think there's a lot of growth here. And I think they kind of have to just say, I think he's the guy. Cause you should bench Carson Wentz for the rest of the season. So you don't give up a good draft pick. Um, Marshall, I want to get your thoughts on the Commanders. Like, you know, we you've got to play them twice a year. What do you see about these guys? Are they are they a, are they going to be a tough team or are they kind of what we saw in the beginning of the year and that was just an absolute train wreck, especially when the Eagles sacked uh, Carson Wentz 4,257 and a half times in one quarter.
2: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, I was at, I was uh, short short aside. I was at a a friend's birthday. This whole
0: podcast is on the side. (laughs) So,
2: um, a friend of mine had a birthday that Sunday and we were watching it at his, his, uh, his house and his dad is a deacon. So of course, once the game starts, everybody's called in for prayer and to eat, you know, and, and the game's on. So I'll go in there his, his father prays. Now, if anyone knows a black pastor, black deacon, whatever, the prayer can go long. I came back to the game. We sacked them four times, but it's by the time the prayer was over, it was ridiculous. Um, <laughs> with that said, they're well coached. Chase Young is back. They have Jonathan Allen. They have they have pain. I mean, the defensive line is there. And we talked about earlier possibly some addition through subtraction in the secondary. Heineke will make a play he will. Um, And, and he's a little bit more cognizant in, in the, in the pocket. Um, He can get you some points, man. And, you know, it's, it's, it's the beast is back. Like we said, I don't, I don't see any of our our teams being an easy out um, for, you know, especially within a division. And if Washington can get some more wins, you know, to, you know, together consecutively, you know, they could, they could definitely be a problem. Uh, And I've always liked Ron Rivera. I think, I think he's a great coach. Um, And they just, you know, they needed to, they needed to, to sit Wentz down. I don't know why everyone has been so enamored with Wentz. He had a great season. I'll always appreciate him. I'll buy him a drink if I see him at Maggiano's. But at the same time, it's a nice restaurant. I that guy. And, and, and that's okay.
0: Yeah. I mean, listen, Magianos, good Italian food. Buy him a glass of wine. Why not? It seems like a classic. I did good for the community in Philly. I don't dislike Carson Wentz, the dude. Carson Wentz, the football player, you're like, You've made some decisions in your life and I don't get it. Uh, Amanda, you've got to play them. Washington football teams uh, commanders. I keep calling them the wrong name. Um, (laughs) How do you, is there upside with this team or is this just. Heineke got lucky for two games.
1: I think Heineke has a lot of potential. He has a lot of potential. And, and I feel like it's one of those moments when you strike while the iron is hot and you stick with Heineke yeah. I mean, you're going to see magic happen. They have. I mean, we talked about this at the beginning of the year too. We talked about the the, the weapons that the commanders have. Yeah. I mean, again, I, I love McLaurin. <laughs> I'm no, sorry, so. as much as as much as I know you want Curtis to get the ball, it's not going to happen. I, I need those. I need those him a lot. He gets
0: like 20 yards. He gets like seven receptions for 22 yards. I'm like,
1: what? I could
0: make it more. <laughs> I, I
1: I need my points though. You're He's already killing me. It's fine. You're already killing me though this week. So, but. But honestly, just (laughs) already, it's a good start. Um, But I'm really, honestly, I'm happy for the commanders. I I really am. Again, you know, I mentioned it earlier. They are our storied rivals. And it's so good to have, just to see them come, you know, I think in the next five years. If they stick with Heineke, please, please, please. I have no issues with Carson Wentz as a person. I'm sure he's a very nice guy. But ride the Heineke train, ride the magic and just let it happen. And I think you know all the tools are there. The coaching is there. If they can get rid of Snyder, you know, I, you know, everything is there for them to come back to glory. I think again, within the next five years, um, I agree that they're going to be at the bottom of the NFC East. Cause again, they had a weak start. Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe not at the very bottom, maybe second to the bottom, maybe. Maybe depending on how well they they do the rest of the time, or at least the rest of the season. But um, I mean, there's so much potential there, and I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited. I want to go back to a gloried rivalry again um, with with my old rivals. <laughs> that's what it's that's what it's about. I want good football, y'all. That's what that's what it's all about for me.
0: Amanda, <laughs> I uh, just to summarize what you're saying, like a, a wise prophet once said, "Come on, ride the train and ride it."
1: Exactly.
0: And as a Quad City DJ's quote, you're goddamn welcome. Um, yeah, sorry, I couldn't <laughs> keep it straight face after that. Well, I uh, wanted
1: you to sing that come on, Rat the tray. Come yeah, uh, no, I mean, it was like have, somebody else had sense. to sing it.
0: Uh, Lucas, um, what's your thoughts on them commanders?
4: I mean, it, it feels like it's all kind of there. Um, I think that Heineke is the guy. I, I mean, I streamed him in a different fantasy league, Same. and now he's going to be my starter um, over Aaron Rodgers. Um, but <laughs> you
0: drafted him twice. <laughs> what is well, your problem?
4: So here's the thing. No. In this- so you and in, Al are terrible at this Listen, in the other league. I'm trying something new. What I'm trying in the other league <laughs> is, is losing. Not, Not giving a fuck about quarterbacks. That's what I'm trying. Um, didn't work. Um, largely, <laughs> largely because Chase oh. Edmonds was my high running back pick. Lost him. Had to trade away Justin Jefferson from miles Sanders to get any running back. He's um, awesome. So we're piecing it together over there. But I like Heineke. I think he does wonders for Scary Terry. Um and Scary Terry owners across the country. Uh so huge fan of that. I just I think it, he's dynamic. Carson Wentz, just a guy, just a dude, right? This nothing nothing crazy. Yeah, this small town girl living in uh the Washington Commanders uh weird stadium. Um yeah, no, I think I think it's good. To, I think it's good that for once people respect the NFC. They they show us the respect we've deserved this entire time. And I think the commanders yeah. being four and
0: four right now are a huge part of that. Uh, ben, uh, as you're throwing bottle caps at your wall, uh, can you just give us your thoughts on your commanders? I know you're, you're, you're hard on your boys. And also, uh, you know, a riverboat run. I mean, is he? You know, do you see him as like the future of setting your team up, or do you think there needs to be a new mindset in there? Give us your thoughts. Close us out about them commanders.
3: No, I mean, let me be clear. I so I think last year or coming into the season, my suggestion was that we ride with Heineke and draft somebody because Heineke is what Heineke is. He's a hell of a lot of fun. I love to wear him on my t-shirt. Uh, he's a 1,000% the right guy for the situation we're in right now. Uh, Carson Wentz was not mobile. Uh, he was getting sacked not just by the Eagles, but by the Lions, I think, uh, like four times in the first half. Like, he just that was a
0: Those sacks actually were accredited to the Eagles.
3: Yeah, I mean, they might as well. I think he was actually just sacked again right now at Magiano. So, <laughs> he's, <laughs> Heineke Robert is mobile. Robert is just
0: practicing. He's like, hey. I just got traded to the Eagles. I'm just going to sack you. Just, this is just practice. I'm sorry about your breadsticks, everybody. It's on me. Yeah.
3: Heineke is mobile, though, so he's not getting sacked as much. Um, he's able to extend plays, which allow guys like you know Curtis Samuel and Terry McLaurin, um, John Dotson, if he comes back ever, um, to get open. And I mean, he's got a guy like Terry McLaurin that's one of the best 50-50 ball receivers in the NFL. And there's been many occasions where Heineke's managed to win games based off of that fact. Uh, He understands that he needs to get the ball out there to Terry. Um, I think I Facebook messaged you this lovely stat that I saw because Heineke is a lot of fun. But he has more fourth quarter comebacks in the last two seasons than Mahomes, Brady, Stafford, and Wilson. He's got four Uh, So he wins a lot of these games at the end. It's a roller coaster because I say he's not the answer long-term because he doesn't have a very strong arm. Uh, He can't really throw the ball downfield that much. So he takes a lot of the underneath stuff Uh, and he does underthrow. you know, when he does try to go deep and he's going to throw bad interceptions, but he's also going to make some, you know, what the fuck plays where there's no reason that he shouldn't have been sacked three times. And he still manages to scramble the round, die for the pylon or, you know, throw deep to Terry, you know, to get the W. So I don't think he's in any way, shape or form, like the long-term answer. We knew that he wasn't, you know, before we got desperate and went after Wentz. I think hopefully the team will be smart enough to realize that there's not a bona fide better option out there that's affordable. And you think is going to be the guy long-term than just stay with Heineke and draft. Um, So hopefully that's what we do because-
0: I hope you enjoy Geno Smith, as your quarterback next year. I mean,
3: I don't- In the next 14 years. Uh, I don't think that's gonna happen either.
0: Yeah. Well, let's move on to Amanda's team, the Dallas Cowboys. A lot of like, I could be overstaying this, but a team embroiled in a little bit of controversy. You had Cooper Rush, former New York Giant practice squad member, um, fill in for Dak Prescott when he got injured, and he played pretty good. You also have, you know, Ezekiel Elliott, high paid running back, done a lot of good things for the Cowboys, but Tony Pollard is really killing it for them big question marks with the cowboys uh marshall we've seen the cowboys always at the top oh they're gonna win the big one kind of like the dolphins when i was talking about before how do you evaluate these controversies they have or are they not controversies at all and where do you see these cowboys going this year besides straight to hell
2: yeah, they're um they're they're gonna be a tough out for everybody, honestly. That defense is gonna keep them in games. I think the defense is elite. I think it's the best defense uh, by the numbers and by the eye test that I've seen probably in the past four to six years. Micah Parsons is all world. Um yeah. give him all the money. Uh and, and that's, I, you know, that's the I, guy you know, I give
0: the money too.
2: I, I like I like the kid. I like him a lot. So um, you know, that if that can continue to come. Come along, you know, he had a comeback game with Detroit and they, they beat the piss out of the the Bears, but that game was close to a certain point. Um, you know, I, it's the Cowboys are frustrating because I want them to be good too. I just don't want them to be as good as us. Uh, I think the sport is better when the Cowboys are good, um, which I think the sport is better when the NFC East is good because I think we have a lot of really important teams in our division, just like socially and, and culturally, but I just can't trust them. I can't trust them. Um, they they played their starters against our, our practice squad for rhythm purposes and put 50 on us, and then they lost at home to, you know, what at the time was an inferior team in the 49ers, frankly. So it's just, you know, it's so really hard for me to that. call
0: it. I felt really bad about that um that them losing uh lucas uh, i know you are a you just love them cowboys as a giants fan uh but your honest opinion on the cowboys
4: how about them cowboys uh they're fun to watch i i love a good defense and the cowboys defense is is pretty much second to none right now um I got to watch them firsthand. Obviously, take down the Giants. That was a really good game. A lot of fun to watch. I think the interesting question for them is, what do they do about their their number one versus number two quarterback wide uh, running back situation? And like, I truthfully don't know. I'm I'm really sort of setting up Amanda to maybe answer that question because as an outsider looking in, it almost feels like it's such a breath of fresh air when you have yeah. Uh, Cooper Rush and Tony Pollard. In. I'm of the opinion, and it might not be correct, but it is my opinion and I'm going to stick with it. Um, that having too many superstars on a team is, is really, really detrimental to a team actually, especially in, in football. Um, and that if guys feel like they're entrenched, if guys feel like they're the guy and they're going to be the guy and no one else is going to be the guy, I, I feel like they get a little stagnant and you lose some of the youth, you lose some of the vitality. And I use youth in air quotes. Yeah, really yeah, I what I mean is you lose some of the the freshness that maybe some of these RB twos and QB twos can give you. I mean, they're lucky. Their QB two is Cooper rush, but that being said, I, I think, I think that's the big question, right? Is this like, is it a fluke? Should they be looking to shed some salary if possible? I don't really know, but I like the way they're playing. Again, it's good for the NFC East.
0: I uh, have been given the ethos by my late great dad of ABD, anybody but Dallas. Uh, But you also have to respect what they have. And Micah Parsons is just otherworldly. He's a great defensive. He's great. Um, And they do have talent, but the Cowboys always find a way to match defeat from the jaws of victory uh they just they just find a way and I don't and I I agree with Lucas that was why I brought this up like are they better with Pollard and Rush than Dak and Zeke I don't know I think I think Dak is a good quarterback Zeke I'm just wondering if all like I know he's young but like he has taken a lot of hits and he's taken a lot he's taken a beating over the years Is, is some of that finally wearing on him I don't know um but before we get to Amanda, Ben, your thoughts on uh, a team that was once a dubbed America's team,
3: not in my America. So, yeah, I will say. I just love how pissed off you look
0: when you sit there. You're like, not my America. Uh, is it. this
1: is is your America shaped the same way, or is it the is it the correct America, or is it going to be like the, the Commanders' no, bugs? No, the my wrong?
0: America, my America
3: has the Washington Commanders in Seattle.
0: <laughs> so. Yeah. So if people don't know, there was uh, there was some merch that the Washington Commanders put out there <laughs> with the W from the Washington football team, but it was over the state of Washington, not Washington D.C. or the greater Washington D.C. area way to go guys. So, uh, and we, Amanda pranked Ben on one of our podcasts by just taping that to her, her, her jug of water.
3: Uh, so Ben, yeah, your thoughts on them Cowboys. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they, I mean, they do undeniably have a lot of talent. I think that they screwed themselves a bit investing a ton of money in, uh, you know, Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott. Um, obviously it's their defense that is primarily winning the football games right now. I would Take a share of them in every fantasy league possible. I've got them in two and I'm just not playing a defense this week because I refuse to drop them and I don't have anybody else on my bench that I can. They're that good. Uh Tony Pollard is a beast. Um they still need Zeke too, but I think that Tony should get more carries per game. Um, but uh, you know, it's not bad to have somebody like Zeke as the, you know, spell you guy when you need to get a rest. T Lamb's good. Um, I don't know that necessarily better with Cooper Rush, but it was pretty funny watching him win all those games and then you know, have to sneak back back in there, but uh, Dallas will Dallas eventually. So I'm not worried about them. Uh, I do think that uh, they'll, they'll find a way to lose late. So they'll make the playoffs. Uh, I think three teams out of the NFC East will, and no surprise, mine will be the one that does not, but, uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't think that they've got the special something that they need to go much further than that.
1: I mean, I appreciate all the, all the feedback on, on Dallas. I mean, I I think you all made, excellent points and i mean just yeah even even though i saw ben you made that face earlier i saw you <laughs> but um you know i you know i i love my team defense obviously Micah parson's is magic i'm going to give him all the money give him whatever he needs um i mean just and and lucas what i i really appreciated and i was thinking along the same lines is is just they are a fun team to watch they're very dynamic and that's why i i what I really like about watching and what I do miss now that Dak and Zeke are back out is just the hunger that you have with Cooper rush. You have, you know, Noah Brown getting the ball at a certain point, you know, you, you have like Tony Pollard. I think there's that hunger there to do well, but then you're, you also run to that conundrum of, you know, you're giving Dak, you're giving Zeke, you're giving, you get too much money and then they get stagnant and you're hungry guys. It's where are they going to go? And, and also you you can also wind up in a situation where they're going to just get demotivated and you don't want that either. So, um, we do get in our own way. (laughs) It's like, you know, we're going, we're going we play well, the regular season, then we get to the playoffs and something happens. And with Zeke, you know, his right knee is just, it's just, it's, it's getting aggravated more and more. And I do worry about that. Um, you know, but I, I really feel like they do need to, to keep giving Pollard the ball. This is his moment um, get, take some strain and some pressure off of Zeke, get some little more longevity out of him. Because again, that knee is going to be, is going to continue to be an issue. Um, you know, I think they also need to do a better job of grooming their tight ends. You know, I mean, I, I have Schultz, I love him. He's great. Um, when, when dad gives him the ball, things happen. But he's also questionable for me all the time, <laughs>
4: mm-hmm.
1: you know. And it's it's you need some, but you need to build. There there are holes that need to be filled. Again, wide receiver, tight end. Um, you know, again, you have a fix with Tony Pollard. Let him have it. You know, CD Lamb needs some help. Um, so you know, again, until Gallup gets healthy, I really again, they, I hope that they brought in somebody who is a wide receiver. And you have potential, you know, with on the tight end front. But you know, we we just. Our offense just continues to be an an issue. <laughs> um, our offensive line does, and you know, defense is what's really carrying us a lot right now. And you know, well, we'll see. Again, I think we're going to make the playoffs. Do I think we're going to go all the way Super Bowl? No. Until we fix until we fix that issue, <laughs> we're not going to make it to the Super Bowl.
2: How much do y'all miss Amari right now? You have
1: to be. We do. <laughs> we miss him. I know I do. Um, But I mean, yeah, we miss him. I'm still sad about that right here.
0: (laughs) Six and two. As opposed to two and six. That is the New York Giants. The beginning of this year, I was like, this team is going to suck. Because let's face it, on paper, they were bereft of talent. Brand new coach. Brand new GM. Um, there's a stat where it's close to $50 million in dead cap space used to players, not even on the team. Another 20 some odd dedicated to injured players. Um, a starting wide receiver that was completely unhappy and unmotivated. A quarterback that was uh, unproven or a let a down, I should say. And a running back who promised to have a great year, but has proven the past two years to be other than that. And the New York Giants are now six and two. So a wild stat. So Lucas P. Jones are the Giants what the fuck is why are we how are we winning games? Uh, besides the fact, the power of my daughter uh, having uh, no homework every time the Giants win. So I believe she is a good luck charm. Her teacher is wonderful, uh, a longtime Giants fan. So I give it up to Miss Quikowski. South Angel South Anboy Elementary School for helping the Giants win. Uh, Lucas, what the fuck's going on?
4: I have never seen Stranger
0: Things, but I imagine this is what the Upside Down is. Um, you draft Aaron Rodgers in two leagues, and you've never seen Stranger Things.
4: I spend oh, most why? of my time researching Aaron Rodgers' stats. I have no time for things like Stranger Things. God, my God. Um. My God. <laughs> um you know, I was talking to um, Dan Kay from the Dan K show on one of, on our uh, two week, like 6,000 mile road trip. We were talking about the Giants and we both came to the conclusion of, you know what? We're just happy to be Giants fans for once. Yeah. For once. We're just happy. We look forward to Giants football. We, I went to a Giants game. And I was like, you know what? This is going to be fun. Um, and I did have fun and it was great. I think it's they won the final Was the Ravens game. That was the Ravens game. Yeah. Oh. Um, yeah. What a game. Um, I just, I just think for me, it comes down to having a coach that like is a human being and not just a weird hairdo. Like it's, that's what it is right you think about the coaches they've had they're just cardboard cutouts they're guys that like you when they they, you feel like they're the human embodiment of the meat sound like (laughs) they're just like the the tops of legos that you just thought you know yeah exactly like you pull a string and and you just hear yeah i guess we'll run it um but it it's just it's just fun to be a Giants fan, right? And like we're back to this old school Giants football. It's you hit hard. You've got guys like uh like uh like Thibodeau, right? I know we should have got Parsons, and I know I'm gonna spend the rest of my life convincing myself that Thibodeau was the guy. He is a guy, he's a great guy, love to have him. Daniel Bellinger, I know he's not coming back to week eleven. Um, he's great. Evan Neal, also out for I believe two more weeks, three more weeks, two. um, if memory Thanks. serves. Um but I just, I just think for once it, it feels like, like knock your teeth in giants football. Like we don't need wide receivers. We, that's why I'm not so mad about the Tony trade. It's like giants run best out of, out of power forms, double tight ends, one slot guy that can run around with it. But the rest of the guys, they just gotta be big. They got to punch you in the mouth. That's what giants football is. I think we're back to it. Um, I am excited for when we get Bellinger and Neil back. I think that. That's a huge difference. And I, I don't think we should underestimate how big of a deal, especially losing Evan Neal was. Um,
0: so, yeah, I'm just, vibes are good. Vibes are good in Giants That's country. Good. Vibes are good. Marshall, when we talked uh, about in the off season, right after the draft, you were super positive about the Giants. Um, do you still hold that positivity towards the Giants and do the Giants within, you know, do they scare you as a team coming down the road?
2: Giants always scare me. Uh, I have a oh, they scared me too.
0: Just how fucking terrible they've.
2: I have a fair amount of fear and respect for all of all of our division rivals. I think, you know, we just cannibalize each other so well. Um, We're built to beat each other for the most part. A lot of times, that's how things go. But I was hiring the Giants because I felt like they had a lot of good things in place, and I felt like if they could just stop beating themselves and kind of let some other teams beat themselves then they would be in a better position. And lo and behold, they have a great record and they've been really successful in one score games this year. Where, you know, sometimes that ball just bounces the other way. Lamar Jackson gave y'all that game. The 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 second loss, the Seahawks lost happened because the Seahawks didn't give y'all the game. Um and that's not taking anything away from the Giants. I think like I said, they're they're playing really well and you know i like that for them but they're a little bit further away um i do think that they're overachieving just a little bit right now but they're playing good ball and that's what i foresaw um and just being that record in one score games is really the difference right now so we'll see if that can continue uh because i do think they're going to have uh trouble scoring um i don't don't think that they have the horses
0: amanda what's your thoughts on the giants Because like we said, we all were just like, yep, they're going to be bad.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I was like everybody else, but it's like, oh, it's it's the Giants. It's going to be another another season of, you know, the Giants being the Giants. But I've been really pleasantly surprised this season. And I'm really happy. I'm happy for all the Giants fans. I, I really am, because, again, it's just it's just they are playing old school. And what I remember growing up as as the hearing about the giants and watching, and what I remember watching and, and whatnot. And to see them go back to that is really, really awesome. I hope they continue to do that. And I hope they continue to play the, the way that they're playing. I'm, I'm on the fence about whether to say it's a fluke or not. I, I think, you know, you just ride the train. <laughs> Someone keeps keep saying. You're just going to ride the train. Ride my phrase this time, but, but I think the potential is there to, continue, you know, to build from, I mean, they they're finding something that works and if you can continue and you can figure out, okay, yes, this is a plan. We know, we know we can do this. How are we going to carry this forward going in the future? What pieces do we need to draft? You know, what do we need to do to fix and keep, keep building? You have a good start. Um, if they can keep that going and, and make, you know, can smart, you know, drafts and smart trades and, you know, build off the momentum that they're going with, then you have you have the potential. Do I am I afraid of them this year? No. <laughs> they shouldn't no, be. You the shit I'm not. Us. Yeah. Yeah. But I think the potential is there. It's gonna take longer than I think two or three years, I think like five, five to eight, maybe, but um, they've got some work to do, but the potential is there. And it's really awesome to see that for the first time in a really long time. So I'm rooting for the giants. I am, Um, you know, what I love about this division and about our teams is just how awesome the matchups can be, you know, how, how fluid, how we can all have great chats and great camaraderie. The rivalries are there. The joking is there, but that's what we grew up with. That's what we know. And it's nice to have that. That's, that's what I feel like our division does better than everybody else. Okay. <laughs> you know, so I, you know, I heart all of the teams. Dallas defense is going to crush you all. And I still love you guys. It's okay.
0: <laughs> there it is. Um Oh, Marshall, can you just text the Eagles and tell them to get uh, Miles Sanders, three more yards so I can get a hundred from him. That'd be great. Um, also bill, I don't, I don't, I don't want to, I,
4: I want to kind of jump in really quickly because Amanda said something about building towards the next couple of years. Yeah, yeah. And that is, that is exactly it. Right. Because, and that's why, again, I don't mind the Kadarius Tony trade because the Giants drafted really, really well. This year, they did like Parsons, sure, right. But outside that, for the first time in a while, the people they've drafted have been good. They've been immediate impact players, right? Mm-hmm. And and they're not just good on their own. They're really good in this system. And for a while, it's felt like ever since ever since Eli left, there's never been a cohesive build of a system. There's always just been stop gaps, either in positions or in coaches. We had at one point three coaches in five years, so. I think that this new system that's being built, that's why I like getting draft picks. Caught your losses early, get more draft picks. Trade guys out, get more draft picks. Apparently we were willing to, we, that's one of the reasons why we weren't willing to get Jerry Judy was because it was a second round draft pick that they yeah, wanted. Most of right? so If the Giants are gonna draft this well, if this new system is really focused on that, give them all the draft picks in the world. You've got like three, four productive years out of Saquon left. Right, Daniel Jones is good enough. Um, so yeah, I, I think that I think Amanda, you hit the nail on the head.
2: Abel's going to bring his quarterback in sooner or later. Yeah, um, you loading up on these draft picks, and the, there there was something with the Giants with this new regime that came in, getting rid of Gettleman, um, doing the things that they were doing, and and when when me, Bill, Amanda. Ben, um, we 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 had our hours uh, there. We had our post draft podcast, and I, I said, "Yo, the, the Giants might have something." I didn't think that they would overachieve the way that they have been so far, but the way that they're playing, they're playing sound football. And when you play sound football, you can win. You can steal some games, um, and not even steal some games. You can you can outplay people because people try to get too cute. People try to do this. People try to do that, but. Dayball is just like, look, I got what I got. We're going to be, we're going to have technique. We're going to be technically sound. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And we're going to, we're going to see what happens when they fall. And they got moxie. And I love that. It's the Giants
0: trademark. Uh, ben, your thoughts on the Giants. And do you think Danny Dimes is the guy to, should they extend him for next year?
3: I'll leave with that then. Cause I'm even being like a fan of Duke in general. Uh, and I watched a lot of him in college. I don't think that you're going to, I wouldn't extend him anyway if I was in charge., uh, he's having a good year, but I don't think he's the long-term quarterback. If you're going to take that next step. Um, I think in watching the Giants games I've seen this year, they, as everybody's kind of talks about, they're squeezing every single little bit of potential out of the roster that they've got right now because they have terrific coaching. They're managing the game really well, which is the difference in winning and losing a lot of those close games, uh, which, You know, um, if you're looking at at your schedule and kind of what you've got coming up, you're probably going to have eight wins pretty soon. And then you're going to really get into a lot of NFC East games. So the only thing that can derail the Giants season is, you know, dropping games to the commanders. uh, Basically, we're like the two teams that could flip flop if anybody is because I definitely think the Eagles are a legit team and the Cowboys, unfortunately, have a great defense and that's going to be enough. So if the Giants are going to prove that they're a contender this season, they would need to beat up on the NFC East and that might be tough to do. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're, they're in a good place. I will not support anybody else's team because you've won super bowls in the last 20 years. And I have not. So I, and the Cowboys are just the Cowboys.
0: (laughs) Fair enough. Um, I'll just give my post-mortem on the giants. Um, this is the first time in a long time where I felt really happy to be a Giants fan, where I'm trying to get to know everyone on the Giants r- reading about practice squad players, finding everything. It was embarrassing to watch the Giants last year, Mike, the neck Glennon, just getting in there, just being an utter, just Christ almighty piece of shit. Quarterback Jake from state farm woof. you know, victory formations at the, the goal line. You know, that's an all time low point in New York Giants football history and just seeing them do what they do best. We're going to run the ball. We're going to go after the quarterback. Giants are in the quarterback's face almost every play. Last year, we didn't even come close. We let, like, an you could have put an old jalopy back there. You could have taken Vinny Testaverde off the street right now, put him against the Giants last year, and he would have rushed for 100 yards. We couldn't stop shit. We couldn't stop a runny nose, even if we had a box of tissues. That's how bad we were. We were awful, and we had no one who gave a shit about the team. There were a couple guys who played hard, but no one cared. We all thought Joe Judge, or at least I did, was going to bring that old school Giants football back. It was Brian Dayball. And I love Joe Shane. I love his thoughts of just like, we are going to stay a course. We have a plan because we, like Lucas said, we have not had a plan. And the Giants always thrive when they draft. They are not a great let's build a team through free agency. It's the free agents are the complement to the team. It's the Plaxico Burris's and the Antonio Pierce's and the, and the uh, Kareem McKenzie's that we added the last, we add to the final product. And that's what we need to do. And I think for the first time in 10 years, you're actually going to see quality players want to come play for this giants team, which is bonkers to think about. Now let's close out this conversation by talking about the Philadelphia Eagles, this team. Is just ungodly good right now. Uh, looking to hopefully close out another win against the Houston Texans. We said it last day, earlier this year. Jalen Hurts is producing. You've got a three-headed monster at running back. That in any given Sunday. Uh, Boston Scott, Kenneth Gainwell, or Miles Sanders can go off. You have two damn good wide receivers in A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. And Dallas Goddard ain't no joke. Uh, And on the defensive side of the ball, Slay and Bradbury, give me a break. That is a a one-two combination that it's hard to beat. It really is hard to beat. To have two shutdown guys, two ball hawks like that is tough to me. If, I'm, if you put a gun to my head, who is the NFC championship game this year? It is the 49ers, and it's the Eagles, and um, it's a push for me. Who's going to take that game? Uh, so, Amanda, what are your thoughts on those Philadelphia Eagles? Listen, we've seen these long undefeated streaks happen, and then teams fall off. Now, I'm trying to curse you, Marshall, but we're just going based off NFL history. Are the Eagles, can they sustain? Are they as good as their record suggests? Or as some people have said on this podcast, uh, the NFC is kind of mid right now.
1: I think it's a combination of both. I mean, the, the, the NFC is meh right now. I'm just gonna say that it. just, just my Me word, meh, sc- meh, meh. Meh. <laughs> but I really do feel like there's so many weapons on the Eagles right now. I Again, mean, my defense is not easy to shut down and that was the lowest point since I've had the Dallas defense this is the lowest amount of points I got was up against the Eagles. Um, I mean, so many different, so many different weapons. I mean, you know, I mean, they're just watching them play. I mean, I, you know, y'all, y'all see me react watching football right now. Like, I mean, just, I mean, they are a beautiful team to watch right now. <laughs> play. So I have a lot of respect for the Eagles. Um, I mean, just they're, they're nailing it right now. I, I do, I agree with you, Bill. I do feel like we are going to see, they are definitely going to be the NFC East championship game for sure. And it's going to be, it is, but it is going to be a toss-up though. It is going to be a toss-up. I really feel like I can't pick a winner between the two because I feel like the 49ers have everything, that all the weapons to stop them. They've got McCaffrey. You know, it's going to be, do the Eagles, are the Eagles going to have an answer for this type of team? Because again, you know, the rest of the NFC East right now, meh, meh. Um, so it's easy for the Eagles to have answers. Um, but again, you're now you've got McCaffrey over with the 49ers and you have, you know, all these moving pieces. So will the Eagles have an answer? That's going to be my, I wonder if, if they will now that they have a team that's on the same, I feel like potentially the same caliber in terms of talent.
0: Lucas picks a lot of bad players in fantasy Jones. That's what the P stands for, by the way. Uh, Eagles, give me your thoughts. Um, well, I, I pick some great players, especially
4: the pot break. We'll get to that though. I suspect in a, in a couple of minutes, um, we are going way over
0: time. So we're not. <laughs>
4: Uh, I will reference you to the 175th pick of my draft or of the overall draft Devin DuVernay. Um, Uh, Yes, you did well. Good job. The rest of your team. Yeah, not good. Um, The Eagles, I mean, man, they just frustrate the heck out of me because the giants are six and two and the Eagles are just, just incredible. Right. I mean, statistically the best offense, statistically the best defense um, in the, in the, um, the NFC East. I just, uh, they're so dominant just every, every game. Right. Uh, And and I feel like it comes from just having all the right weapons in place. They've done a great job of building and, and I think it's all coming to fruition right now. Um, Yeah. I just uh, watching Eagles games is just flooring. I think to me with, with how good they are. I I think that the, the, their schedule has been tough enough to justify putting them in like bigger conversations. Um but yeah, I just think they're really good and it's it's so incredibly frustrating that now we have to play them twice.
0: I know. I know. <laughs> it sucks. Uh but yeah, listen. <laughs> last year was way worse. Um Ben, your thoughts on those Eagles, are they do you see them as potential uh, potential Super Bowl team?
3: Well, I think Marshall kind of alluded to it. The NFC as NFC general is kind of down. And then the NFC specifically had like the easiest strength of schedule based off of who we're playing. But the Eagles have already had their signature win. They dominated the Vikings, who is one of the other you know better teams in the NFC. Yeah. They really don't play anybody the rest of the year. That should be a threat to them. Uh, Dallas may be excluded. I mean, not saying that they're going to go undefeated on the year, but if you're looking at their schedule, the hardest part of it is, is already behind them. So they may not really get tested again until it gets to the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, certainly they're they're winning each game, um, you know, the, the way that they should. Uh, they've had a couple of close calls here and there, but they find a way to win those. Um, and that's what good teams do. So I I would not be shocked at all to see them, you know, play for a Super Bowl this year, uh, because there's there's not a whole lot of good competition out there on the NFC, and, and they've already proven that they can beat one of the best teams that they will face.
0: Marshall, let's close that with you. You are you, you love the, these Eagles, but you are also. You also critique them, see it on Twitter all the time. Tell me your thoughts on these Eagles. Are they everything you were hoping they would be, and what's your prediction for the rest of the season with them? Give me your hopes and fears
2: Yeah, um you know, we can always hope that everyone that says Super Bowl is right um but you know as as Dallas has proven and not to not to rag on Dallas, it's hard to win in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, you can be very talented. you can be you can have momentum, you can have all of these things going for you. But once you get into a a, a last day of the season scenario, teams play different. And, um, you know, we've been punching a lot of people in the mouth. Uh, The NFC has has been relatively weak, but the strength of schedule conversation is moot because the only thing people can say is that we're in the NFC. We've actually adjusted, played one of the harder schedules, and we've already beaten every team that is, you know, doing well. In the conference. Uh, So, you know, you can't really take anything away from us, but it's really just every week, man. Every week you got to, you got to, you got to put your shoes on. You got to play. And that's how it's going to be for the rest of the season. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to claw it out and we're going to see where everything falls. But um, I do love the way that they're playing. I love the AJ Brown pickup. It's, it's been really revelatory for the offense. Um, and Jalen Hurts, you know, what what else can you say? Is you know, we we took Bradbury and, you know, the Giants let him go, uh, you know, for cap casualty and that that happens. It's the league, you does, know. Yeah. Um, but well, you know, we put together a great roster and we're doing what we're supposed to do on paper. So now we just have to get to a point where, you know, once we get into the playoffs, hopefully home field advantage, hopefully we can make some things happen, but it's not a given.
0: What's the one thing you worry most about this Eagles team? About injuries. Well, yeah,
2: we've been we've been relatively healthy, so um, you know those are the great equalizer. You know, one one you know we saw what happened in the second half against Dallas when uh, Lane Johnson went down, and and you know Micah Parsons was Super Saiyan, and we didn't we didn't do too much after that. So you know, one injury can change things. So we just have to continue playing, taking one play at a time. Our run defense is suspect, but we're usually up by so much, it usually doesn't matter. But, you know, in the playoffs, the team can take advantage of that. So, you know, we'll see what happens.
0: Well, guys, that's going to be, this was a very positive group therapy session. We're all in a good place with our football teams. We're all pretty happy with where we are. We, but we're very honest about where our teams lack, but we are also very happy about our futures. And like we all said, the NFL is better when the NFC East. Is back and playing competitive fun football. So thank you everyone for coming out. We're gonna wrap things up. We're gonna to to get plugs to our social media and give a pop culture recommendation for the week. Uh so for you know, this could be a, a film, TV show, comic book, anime, what have you uh recommend to the people. Lucas, we're gonna start with you. Where can people find you on social media if you want? I know you do go off the grid sometimes, and also just give us a pop culture recommendation while you're at it.
4: Well, I'm no longer off the grid because I, uh, tomorrow officially, uh, one week from getting my iPhone, I'm making the big switch from Android to iPhone. Um, so I'll be on the grid officially. So as a result, you can go ahead and at me anytime you like, um, at L Jones 1138 on Twitter, but more importantly at the underscore Dan K show, that is the business thing that I've been building with my friend Dan K for the last eight years. Um, going strong now. So very excited to be doing that. If you like junior hockey, college hockey, youth hockey, feel free to follow at the underscore Dan K show um, piece of pop culture. I mean, uh, two things that I really have been enjoying a lot. Uh, I've really taken a deep dive into star Trek online um, for the last like eight months. I swore I wouldn't. I swore I wouldn't go back to my Diablo 2 days of, like, specking armor and grinding out for, like, legendary gear, but here I am. Um, So Star Trek Online is a lot of fun. It's free to play, which is also great. But also, a lot of good albums have come out recently. Muse's album was killer. Megadeth's album was okay. Best album, though, Polyphia. Or Polyphia. I've heard it pronounced both. But Polyphia, Remember That You Will Die just came out. They're a... a really cool combination of like melodic shred mixed with hip hop and rap influences. Um, They have Steve Vai guest starring on this album. They got some really cool stuff.
0: They're a little all over the place, but give them a listen. You might, you might end up liking them. Big brother, Ben Merkerson, where can people find you? Thank you. Congratulations on three straight weeks as our guest on our podcast this week, actually formally invited, not just filling in for someone at the last second, because you are a saint and an angel. Uh, where can people find you on social media uh, on the pop break and a uh, pop culture recommendation?
3: I don't think you're going to find another commander's fan or nobody's going to be willing to admit it. So you're stuck with me. For yes, these. that's true. Um, so you can find me at BD Murkison on Twitter and Instagram. Um, pop culture recommendation i'm almost through the series now because i'm trying to review the whole thing but it's also airing week by week on amazon prime uh the peripheral which i think that you're also watching i watched the first episode and a half it's it's a show yeah it's a show so first couple episodes in i think it was like what in the matrix inception ready player one hell is going on uh i really didn't understand much of the plot it was kind of choppy there's a lot of people being introduced and whatnot um little bit further into it and I still kind of feel like that a lot of the time but uh it's still somehow piquing my interest so I'm almost done with it want to see how things play out uh but I would say it's it's a good futuristic kind of sci-fi show well acted and they do some southern accents from North Carolina I won't say that they're good necessarily but they exist and Chloe
0: Grace Moritz is from Atlanta so which is wild uh you would never know uh Marshall tell us all about your podcast tell us about your twitch tell us and give us a pop culture recommendation
2: yeah, um thank you for the for the alley-oop. you. Y'all can find me everywhere at the Okami Council, T-H-E-O-K-A-M-I council, C O U N C I L. Uh but yeah, so uh YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, uh, Facebook, um pretty much anywhere. We had a Patreon as well. Blur Life with My Wife is the uh pop culture and movie podcast that we run alongside the I can't even say sister podcast because it's the same people that's doing it. But Blur Watchers with the pop break, uh, we have a great time. My wife and I, um, she sends her best to everyone. Pop culture, I will, I will co-sign on the peripheral. We are three episodes in. We just started it, and also uh, we do have a planned viewing of Die Hard along with Lethal Weapon because Courtney has also never seen
1: uh-huh. either.
2: Uh, one of those films, so we'll Soul be made. we'll be reviewing those on Blurred Life with my wife. And um, shout out to Alex Marcus as well, the pop yeah. break uh, podcast producer, for always keeping us on up and up. He's so amazing, and uh, just want to shout him out because that's what we do on all our podcasts too. So if I'm guest host, then he's going to get a shout out. Otherwise, yeah, y'all y'all are amazing, so I appreciate your time. I'll
0: be hanging out with Alex actually next week, and you're going to see Wakanda Forever with him. So that'll be a pretty rad meeting for the first time in three years. So. No, things like that happen. I've been in Amanda and Marshall. You're all on my list next. Uh, in a good in a good way. Uh, who hasn't got Amanda, my co-host. Uh, <laughs> tell us all about uh, some pop culture recommendations you have, as well as where people can find you online.
1: So I'm primarily active on Instagram at AmandaLorean.com. And um I'm posting up some of my cosplays I did. I was ambitious. I actually did three cosplays this weekend. Um and impressed James Donald Taylor with my Ahsoka Mando cosplay, which he pretty much was like, wow. I got the hello there, which is, he's the voice of uh, Obi-Wan for the, the animated, Star Wars animated series. So super nice guy, by the way. Super nice guy. Nice. Um, just, yeah, super nice. And, uh, but, um, so that's where I'm at. And my, my recommendation for this week, and or you guys, if people are, if y'all are sleeping on this.
0: I'm too behind now. Okay.
1: Oh, this last episode was... Beautiful. And it it was so the acting was so impactful. And that's what you know. I'm I'm talking to different, you know, my family, different friends, and they were just like, you know, it it, this is a show that really raises the stakes on what it is to be in the rebellion. You're getting in the nitty-gritty. We are like, I I've watched the last episode now, probably about four times because it was so good. Um, excellent guest acting by Andy Circus, by the way. Just yeah, just um, you'll see. And uh it's oh my gosh, this this last week's episode was right here in the gut, and like the heart, the gut, all of it. Just so just thing, you get a
0: high you got a high stomach right there, man.
1: Yeah, right. It's it's well, it's all like one now, it's all one functional ball of anxiety slash, you know, I just want to cry. Um <laughs> it's the last so, three years of my life. <laughs> <laughs> but if y'all are sleeping on Andor, don't. It's getting better every episode. And I'm really sad that we're getting very close to episode 12. Although I'm hearing that, I think in the next few weeks, Diego Luna said that they're starting to shoot the second season. So.
0: That's good. I, yeah, I I can't, Recommend Andor this week because I've recommended a many a week and I have two episodes behind. But yeah, first two episodes, a little slow, but then it really picks up and it has been one of the best Star Wars series. It's definitely the best Star Wars series of this year. Uh low bar, mm-hmm. I know. Absolutely. But uh, but it's it's just Diego Luna's fantastic. So many good things about this. Uh Ben has talked about us. He wrote great review of the first three episodes. Um, Lucas, I don't know if you're watching it. Uh, but you you and Marshall, I I think you guys like if you liked Rogue One. You like this. I, if you didn't did like, like Road, Road One, One, yeah. If you didn't like Road One, eh, well, make it. It might take a little bit for you to get into, but I, I do recommend it as well. For me, uh, I just I haven't been watching too much as I, I purchased my first PS4 uh, from my in-laws, bought it, and uh, I've been playing some Madden because that's what I do. Be going to be, uh, be, you know. Stocking up that Giants team with some some players. It's pretty good. Uh, but that's not my recommendation. It's going to be the warm blanket of pop culture known as the Great British Baking Show. It is just a lovely way to spend a Friday night. It really is. It's just lovely British people being lovely, making delicious food. And it's just makes my mouth water. Every time I see it's just a nice show to come home to on a Friday night, hang out with my wife and we just watch it. And it's just fantastic. Go check that out. Of course, if you must follow me on Twitter, which is a wild adventure in itself, it's a lot of wrestling references. No one gets but me. And, uh, but the most important thing it's stuff from the dot the site I founded along with one of my uh, closest friends, 13 years ago, this past September, Check us out on Instagram and Twitter at the pop break. We, we have tons of concert reviews coming up. We have photos from the, when we were young festival from Vegas from a few weeks ago, we brought Dan Cohen, our old film editor. We brought him out of the cobwebs. He's brought a column back. We've got all sorts of great stuff happening. So go check that out at the pop break on Instagram and Twitter. So thanks everyone for joining us talking about football. I thank you for everyone who listened to the uh, the pre show message I had put out there, and also uh, we'll be back next week talking a whole bunch of news. So thank you, and have a lovely week as we are now entering the holiday season.